Hello and welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging and Friends. I forgot what I normally say at the start of this. I think that was right. Uh, we are back. We are playing some more Call of Cthulhu. We're continuing Horror on the Orient Express. Uh, we are down a mat. Uh, he had to get his arm reattached, uh, but he will hopefully be back next time. And, and as what's going to become a tradition, we established this tradition already, but we're going to continue it from here until the very end of the campaign or, or to the end of, his, of Reginald's life. That so we are going to devise a new alternate identity personality for his character who is suffering from some sort of, of brain split. So uh, if you're in the audience and you have an idea, uh, feel free to throw it out there. Uh, and if you're watching this later on VOD on YouTube or something like that, uh, if you have an idea, drop it in chat uh, because uh, Matt might miss another and we could always kind of pull from it then. Uh, and or well, I can kill one of these fellows uh, or Pema. And uh, and they could come back as a similarly multi uh, personality uh, character, something like that. No, does that sound good? I think that sounds good. I mean, you you I could good have yeah. to. You could. Okay, so I'm getting my my phone's blowing up again. Just tell them. I I want to rant right now. Okay, listen. Yeah. If you go hypothetically, if you go to like a birthday party or a family gathering, okay, you take a bunch of pictures. And then you want to share them with people later. Do not share every single individual picture as a single text to a group chat with all of your family members so that during the afternoon, someone gets blown up with literally 60 freaking messages, each with a phone. And if you wear like a watch with haptics on it, your hand and your wrist goes numb. I'm just going to say that's like a thing that you probably shouldn't do. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Nope. I don't know where it's going to self. Well, torture yeah. message for now uh, you can call that wrist the stranger oh <laughs> yes i could I, I could i don't think melissa knows that reference i know a thing or two about that don't i hmm? believe you uh, i believe that's Wait, true was that adam or killian, killian? oh and adam <laughs> yes it's both i mean let's let's just face it yeah Ah, uh, anyhow, let's uh, let's go ahead and do some intros and then we'll get started. So, Jeremy, tell us about this this uh, this Joseph Tidwell of yours. That's right. I'm Joseph Tidwell, staff sergeant, if it pleases you. However, myself, I'm pleased by being a stuntman. The world of the film is where my heart is. Meanwhile, I'm somehow stumbling across Europe. It's been great. We've burned some things. Or have we? No. I put some paint on my face and it burned. But for the most part, we're OK. We went to a burned house. And then a little girl got burned when she shouldn't have got burned. It's very confusing, but we're going to make everything turn out just fine. All of that sounded more or less correct. And it's probably a more abbreviated version of the summary than I'm going to give in a second. Uh, that's about right. I don't think you, you guys don't learn anything. You learn stuff. You learn stuff. I'm not sure if you learn the right things, uh, but you learn stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like when you go to a health, health class and you're supposed to learn about this or that and you're like, okay, I'm learning about the reproductive system or this or that, but you end up learning like the wrong things or you apply them in a real, weird kind of sicko kind of way. Similar to that. that makes sense. <laughs> Am I the only one? Is that the only one? I'm the only I think that would, correct. that would track with this group. Yes. I think that definitely yeah. tracks. Because the things I learned, never mind. Uh, let's, <laughs> not, let's not talk about that yet. We'll put that as a Patreon tier. Yeah. Jeff divulges when we learn. Oh, that's what it'll be. I'd buy back that. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. Hey. Oh. Well, it's going to be much higher than that, Jeremy. Let's go. Fork that cash out. Uh, let's move over to Chuck uh, so we can get some sanity up in this house. So, Chuck, tell us about Gregory. Uh, yes. Uh, Gregory, Gregory Kozel. Um, 
I'm Grigory Kozel, and I have some money and a rifle, and um, we did not kidnap a child. Yet. The answer is yet. yet. You got, because you were only introduced to the child uh, last episode, but you're Mm -hmm. still in their house, so there's still time. There's still time. Mistakes can still be made. Who said anything about it being a mistake? Who knows? Maybe she's the big bad. We don't know. We don't know. I never thought about that. I load my rifle. We played Deadlands before, uh, before this campaign. That was our last big campaign with this group. And as we all know, little Timmy went bad. Uh, So there's precedent. There's precedent. Next up, okay. we have the person who probably won't let any of us uh, kidnap this this child. Uh, we have Pema Namdek and Melissa. Tell us about Pema there, Melissa. Uh, yeah, so Pema is our scientist who is originally from Tibet. Uh, she had a relatively kind of silver spooned upbringing, uh, bibliophile and all those kinds of things. Um, she did learn how to fight with swords as an adult because uh, reasons. And things went weird for her when she saw, uh, in France, actually, she saw the uh, King in Yellow play um, sometime within the last decade of her life. And things have gone um, interesting from there. Um, Nothing any uh, more interesting than the escapades that she finds herself on with this, this year group. Fantastic. I am going to try to figure out a way to tie Pema's experience with the King in Yellow uh, in 1923 to our Delta Green campaign, Impossible Landscapes, that we did a year or two ago, uh, which took place in, I think it was 1996 and 2016 or something like that. I can't remember the exact years. Somehow it's going to be tied. I don't know how, but it's going to be tied uh, as people we'll are make it work. spamming the yellow sign. You know you're not supposed to share the yellow sign. I'm just saying, like for everyone who's <laughs> spamming that icon, you're really just contributing to the to the downfall uh, i'm gonna cool. spam it like four times well i mean you're the one who's responsible it was pretty great because uh in the game uh there's one little tiny little moment where long's character i'm just gonna spoil this spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched impossible landscapes scratched the yellow sign into like a like an american airlines uh plastic wall and then it ended up killing uh melissa's character's sister uh good times mm-hmm. uh, yeah this wonderful little All crazy connected. spiral yep yep and then uh, finally, uh, the classiest uh, of the group, we have Killian Bangura. Uh, go ahead, Adam. Introduce yourself. Oh, name is Killian Bangura. And I somehow have found myself in, with this lot of investigators. Um, yet somehow they choose to keep me around. Um, but all I can bring to this is an education in human studies. Um, which artifacts are not much I can lend credence to. Uh, when I was far younger, I had very, very strange dreams that have had an effect on me to this day. And uh, hopefully I can one day chase that down. Um, there's been studies on how to control your own dreams, looking at your hands, you know, that sort of thing. Imagining a shape in your mind as you go to sleep, turning it around. But that's all I've known. We're talking about the stranger again? What's going on? 
I disappeared for like half of Adam's intro because <laughs> I had to turn no, he was talking off of my phone. And I he come back talking, to Adam talking about dreams and hands. And no, uh, he was he was talking about um how he's trying to chase after some of the dreams he had when he was younger through lucid dreaming. Okay, fantastic. Uh that's right. Uh, that sounds actually much more familiar, uh, but I'm still going to go ahead and say that it was probably about the stranger again. Uh, I mean, who Melissa, says it can't be both? It certainly can. Melissa will look it up later. She'll Google it. It'll be great. From her work, to, from her work computer. That'll be the best. <laughs> no. <laughs> Promotions. All right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So in, in chat, we've been talking about Delta Green. Yes. Delta Green's coming back, uh, next month, uh, I think. We got one more session of Blade Runner. Then we got a. Then we got. A, we're going to do a little one shot, and then sometime in June, we're going to be bringing Delta Green back, doing something new, mixing and matching some stuff. I'll talk about it later on the channel when it starts to get a little bit closer. But very excited to get back to that. Uh, but we are not playing that tonight. We were playing Call of Cthulhu, and I think it's time that we dive in. Uh, so it's going to take a little while. I'm going to go through the summary, uh, even though we've only been gone two weeks. It feels like we've been gone longer. You all are in in Paris, specifically. Uh, you worried that you had squandered your lead in the Charenton Asylum. Uh, so, And you also had some some police issues from uh, this flea market incident. And, Pema, you also think you there might be rival researchers and people that are following you. So all of you decided that maybe it was best to leave Paris. Not necessarily entirely, but just kind of head out. Just do a day trip uh, to a place called Poissy, which is a a suburb west of, of Paris. Now, according to various records that you have you have dug up, uh, Comte Fenelic, uh, he has a manner of depravity, was raised and his possessions were taken, confiscated by the king uh, back in, I think it was like 1789, French Revolution time. But there was, there is some evidence to suggest that there are these hidden cellars that are, that were beneath that manor that might have not been touched by the king's men and some of his collections might remain. Now, this is important because you are specifically traveling across Europe looking to find the pieces of an artifact called the Setefkar Simulacrum, the statue, and there's all these different pieces. So it's possible, based on some early leads, that Fenelik was once in possession of a piece uh, of this statue. So that's why you're here. Now, you, you kind of, last time around, you were sort of looking around the town. You saw a couple of uh, familiar landmarks, these, these sort of no noteworthy prison this church as well, uh, and other kind of, you know, similar places. It's very much like a frontier town. Like if you think of it like an American frontier town, that's sort of what it, what it feels like. Uh, you've had an interesting encounter with some people outside of the prison. Interesting in the fact that one of you uh, were, you were mistook as a prison worker, prison guard, by one of the women who was trying to get a message into her husband because no one was able to go inside because of some sort of, uh, some sort of illness that was going around. And you took the letter, <laughs> you took the letter, you brought it back to eventually and you kind of read through it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you also went and met a English speaking chemist by the name of Monsieur Esperandu. And he told you a story about the church, specifically about how Poissy was the birthplace of King Louis IX. He died during the Eighth Crusade. His font is preserved here. And there's this weird story he kind of told about the body uh, being like embalmed, I think it was embalmed, eviscerated, and also dismembered, uh, and uh, kind of raised some eyebrows there a little bit. 
Uh, and he also directed you to the, the town hall where you're able to do some more research here and there. And that's where I think Pema and uh, maybe Reginald were able to locate the parcel of land where Fenelik's manor once stood. So you kind of know at this point where the manor house was. But you also learn that the fam- there's a family living on that land now, and they built a house on top of it. Uh, and that is the Lorians, uh, Christian Lorian, Veronique Lorian, and their daughter, three-year-old Kitri. Uh, however, before you went and visited them, you had a little incident in the local hotel, Hotel de Ruin, uh, where it was Killian who, as he was going to sleep, as he was uh, being awoken from sleep, I should say, uh, in the middle of the night by a man seemingly coalescing out of smoke and caressing his face with a very cold hand and these stinky, nasty, uh, kind of worn fingernails. And he began to question Killian in like multiple language and then got really angry when Killian couldn't seem to reproduce those languages back and then hurled him like he was a feather, like he was the lightest thing possible and just hurled him across the room and kind of smashed him into a dresser, destroyed the dresser, destroyed a mirror, various other sundries and, and hurt Killian. He didn't necessarily wound him permanently, but hurt him. Eventually you all kind of came to help, but you couldn't really find any evidence of someone breaking in or even breaking out. Uh, you all then uh, try to kind of bunk together the rest of the night. And in the morning, you decided to pay the Lorians a visit. So when you got there, you spent a inordinate amount of time outside discussing, you know, what you might do, including, including there is a wonderful your husband is dead uh, plan. That was definitely the front runner for a while. But eventually the door opened. You were invited inside by what ended up being the town doctor who actually offered to lend some aid to Killian. And you also met his daughter, Kitri. Now, you initially didn't really talk too much about why you were there. But as the as the sort of conversation progressed, uh, an incident happened as uh, Kitri kind of became attached to Grigori and accidentally knocked over a cup of tea. Uh, it kind of spilled onto her arm, but also onto Grigori. And she howled and screamed like she was like in excruciating pain, more so than she probably should have, as Grigori can tell, attest that it wasn't particularly scalding hot tea. So that was kind of an odd thing. And you also noticed that, and you also got a story from Christian that he had this horrible scar up his arm. And he explained how it was from a rose bush outside, but it happened in spring and never quite healed. He kind of got sick from it. It's a little, little bit bizarre. And Veronique, the, the wife, w- wasn't really there. She was like kind of upstairs. You snuck upstairs at one point, but you woke up along the way and eventually she came down. And eventually, uh, through some fast talk, you all learned that they, uh, they'd received some other interest about their home. Uh, within the last few months, as there was a man by the name of Edgar Wellington of Lausanne, Lausanne uh, Switzerland, who had written asking about the home, mentioning an old scroll, a unique uh, Arabian artifact, and specifically the set of car simulacrum. So we're going to pick up. We are at Shea Lorien. We're at their house. We're still around the kitchen table. Uh, it's a bit past noon at this point. You can see that the outside the window, it's already starting to darken. It's a combination of like shorter days in the winter. And some storm clouds are starting to pile up. Veronique has joined you. Kitri has quieted, but still seems to be favoring that arm that she spilt the the, co- the, the coffee or the tea on. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. What would we say everyone is doing at this point? Yes. Very much so. Killian is just... Um, taking in the situation, um, 
he is going to um, watch the girl as she um, is there and see if there's an actual wound present because he knows that she wasn't acting, but he want, he's curious as to whether it actually did damage to her arm. Okay. Uh, Joseph is able to confirm that. Yeah, I think oh. Joseph did get okay. a look at yeah. it. Yeah. I did forget <clears throat> that one. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think you confirmed that there was, like, it, it did An happen. An actual like, burn. Yeah, but it it seemed probably beyond what it should have mm-hmm. been. Like, if it wasn't scalding hot water, it was more like, you know, because Gagori can attest that it, just, it was just more like mm-hmm. hot water out of a tap. It wasn't necessarily, you know, something that had just come off boiling. Uh, yeah, it so was it kind was, of peculiar. So it wasn't just, like, feeling pain, but actual damage to her arm. Okay. Yeah, and even looking over now, you can see there is like a, a very big red blotch up uh, up and down her left arm currently. Emma would like to ask if um, some of these things kind of predated living in this home. So the mm. wife has sort of been ill, um, and uh, he kind of had this injury outside. Um, and I, I may leave the kid thing out because that's a, a little unclear yet. But like, did these things happen before they lived in this house? Before they moved in? Uh, so are you asking Veronique or are you asking Lorian? Is the, at this point, it's a small, it's a small house and there's five of you in here, um, plus the family. So there's eight total. And so you're kind of crowded around the table. Some of you are spilling into the kitchen or into the, into the, like the sort of the living room area. So everyone's kind of spread out a little bit. Um, I would say at a certain point as Christian was, was unfolding the letter, any one of you who was like really interested in the letter, like are probably huddled around him, but there's also... You know, so you can, so if Pema, if you want to say that you split off and we're talking to Veronique, that's, that's fine as well. Yeah, that works. I'll have a chat with her. Um, so, okay. Um, first I'll say roll, you can roll a spot hidden or you can even roll a psychology if you prefer. I'll take either. I, psychology isn't even on my sheet, so I will definitely do spot hidden instead. And saying lots of words out loud because I'm uh, stalling so I can get my dice and now I can roll it. That is a 51 under 60. So that's pass. Okay. So I'll say the first thing you notice is that she is like her hand like it's like her, is, is sort of gnarled up and you can see she's kind of holding it's like it's, it's her left arm it's gnarled up and she's holding it. Uh, with her right hand at this point here and there. It almost looks like she's trying to flex it, but struggling. And then at, you know, other times she kind of hides it underneath what is like this very, uh, like this shawl she has over top of a of a very nice blouse. Um, and when you ask her, she says, uh, I, my, uh, my, uh, my mother, she, uh, she was known to have issues uh, with the, uh, with arthritis, but not uh, not this uh, at this age. I'm still a very young woman, I could say. Uh, we are probably of equal age, I would imagine. Perhaps I am even, well, that is rude of me, but I will say it. Perhaps I am even younger than you. However, um, it was not until much older in life that uh, uh, my uh, my mother suffered. Uh, so that it is happening here is particularly... Uh, peculiar and unfortunate. Um, my dear husband is a excellent chemist and doctor, and uh, he was unable to um, deduce a, a reason. He has tried to 
administer medicines and treatments, but it has not uh, it has not started to uh, to heal. Uh, but it is um ah uh, I now that you mention it, however, I don't recall it. Uh, I don't recall having any issues until we moved into this uh, this home. Uh, but uh, we have been here for a little bit of time, so perhaps it is just a coincidence. Why do you ask? Well, uh, and I believe your your husband is sharing a, a letter that was sent from another individual, uh, having some curiosities about uh, some things that had happened here on this particular area of land. And we know I'm not a doctor like your husband. I do different kinds of, of science, more with uh, zoo animals and things like that. But we, we do know something about sometimes uh, things seep into land or water or different things like that and can have a negative effect on the inhabitants near a particular area. Um, I didn't think anything here would cause uh, arthritis is not a uh, contagious condition. Not a, it is one that comes uh, through uh, uh, through uh, who we are in our bones and uh, I did not think uh, there being infection here could uh, could cause this. Uh, that is my understanding. That is how my uh, my husband has explained it. I, I definitely understand that. Um, would you do you think perhaps be open to um, perhaps us just looking around just to make sure there isn't something in the the groundwater or anything like that that might have. Oh, it is uh, it is winter time. I did not think you would be able to uh, access uh, groundwater as easily as you think. It, uh, I am not sure. And she kind of you can see her like kind of like she's looking kind of past you over your shoulder towards where like Christian is like at the table with some of the others looking you know kind of going over the envelope and going over the letter. I, uh, I am sorry. I do not know uh, what credentials do you have to do such a thing. Uh, you are not even French. Uh, so this and Pema just kind of uh, sits up a little bit straighter with that, sort of just because she's a foreigner that she wouldn't have kind of scientific knowledge about things. Um, but she'll just, you know, kind of maintain, you know, kind of a, a soft kind of presentation and just uh, is, is, and she'll ask kind of specifically about kind of like a cellar or anything underneath that she's seen. Um, blueprints of you know kind of buildings that were here before and they had underground. No. We have not seen these. No, 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 uh, no blueprints. Uh, yes, we have a cellar, but it is uh, very small. We uh, keep our uh, items in there and, uh, and storage, of course, for uh, for months such as these. But uh, no, we have not seen uh, any uh, blueprints of uh, of older buildings. I uh, know very little. Uh, of the history of this land, other than of course the church, and uh, and of course the uh, the convent now prison. Yes, that as well. Oh, uh, can you can you tell me more about that? No, stop talking to me. I'm going to go to someone else. Uh, so uh, <laughs> behind you, the rest, uh, rest, you know, the rest of you are talking. So what are the rest of you doing while this conversation is happening off to the side. I'll confess, it's crowded in there. 
This man has a strange wound on his arm. His daughter has the issue with the skin from the water. He has his own cut from the plants that grow around here. I think I might take a look at them. See if there's anything strange or unusual about the vegetation. Uh, so the only thing you saw when you came in uh, were rose bushes, if you recall. Like there were some rose mm-hmm. bushes, uh, but obviously it's winter time, so there's not a whole lot of vegetation to be found anywhere. Uh, but you do see, but I mean, like when you came in, you saw like the residue of them or the vines. But in, in mm-hmm. spring, it would probably look quite beautiful. Uh, but like now, it's it's sort of they're pruned back and they're kind of twisting and knotted and they're barbed wire. Uh, though. Uh, so there's really not a whole lot to look at there, but yeah. I will say now that you bring that up, Joseph, roll, make a no, uh, a no roll, uh, if you would like, uh, or, uh, or an idea roll, I should say. So, um, yeah, you can Which do an idea that? roll. That's intelligence. Okay, cool. Got it. Okay. One thing you do notice, uh, you're you're not wrong. Like your your observations of each each person in the family at this point after the, the incident with Kitri has something wrong with an arm. But not only that, it's specifically their left arm. You can see that uh, that as as Pema is speaking uh, with Veronique, she's favoring and holding her left arm, uh, and that's the one that seems gnarled. Uh, you can see that the the cut is on the left arm uh, of uh, of Christian, who you're next to, and then across uh, the table near where Grigori and Kitri are kind of lingering. Kitri is sort of occasionally coming back to you as well as she's like hugging her father. Uh, her left arm, same thing. This horrible, like that, that horrible discoloration now that seems inflamed. Mm. He's put some, he's, he's put some like cream and stuff on it to try to help. And that has soothed it a little bit, but you can tell it's the same arm. So that is one thing you do notice. I'll see if there's a moment to possibly sidle up next to Pema, who seems to be our, you know, academic of the group. I'm curious, I recall you saying in some of the literature that you studied, the various body parts of that one figure scattered across many places. Is it possible from what you read, the left arm would have been what came here because everybody has an issue with their left arm? Oh, that is quite a deduction, Mr. Tidwell. I had not put that together. I, I do not I do not believe that our research has gotten quite to the point of specifying uh individual parts in individual locations um but uh that is quite the hypothesis i don't know what to do with it from there but you're a thousand times smarter than i am so i will follow your play all right i'm gonna turn it over to killian or gregory are you two currently doing anything or look to do anything well he had the letter he was showing us right so i'll just Seeing that the other two are busy investigating, I'll keep him occupied going over the letter, seeing if anything jumps out at me. Okay. Uh, And so to remind folks, if you want to take a look at the letter, it's in that Paris handouts folder. Um, So I'll share it again with you. Uh, So yeah, the, the most... The things you kind of notice, I mean, it's obviously from Switzerland, but I'd also say going back to some of your some of your details that you got from uh, from uh, from Professor Smith, his notes that he had kind of salvaged that Beddoes handed over to you. Uh, he has pointed out that there was there was possibly 
the statue was dismembered in Paris, okay, but part of it might still be in France, that there's some, possibly some that was carried to Venice, there was some that might have made it to Trieste, um, there might be a piece in the kingdom of Serbs, Croats, and Slovens, and maybe during Sofia, there's a couple different places, but nowhere did it actually mention uh, Switzerland, like Lausanne. So this is actually yeah. a new a new piece, right? There's no mention of Edgar Wellington, but while it's, uh, you know, there's nothing in, in Beddoes' notes to confirm it, but there's also, this could just be a new, a new piece. You also know that those notes didn't necessarily have every single piece of this statue kind of determined. Uh, so it could be just sort of a new lead. Okay. Um, and the other thing is there, like one of the things I would say that also maybe stands out to you, Grigori, is that it says, I, I recently came into the possession of an old scroll. Uh, and you do know that part of Beddoes' notes, there was something about the set of car scrolls. It wasn't just the simulacrum, but there was another artifact or, or something, you know, something that was mentioned in the notes that might actually have a ritual capable of destroying the simulacrum. And so like the, whether that's consistent or not, doesn't know, but it, it might stand out to you if you're like pouring over it a bit. Sure. Okay. All right. And then I say, my good, I say, my good man, you say that uh, this man wrote you this letter. And then what did you think of it? What did you do afterwards? Anything? Did you, did you correspond back? I, I, you... I admit uh, it came uh, during my illness that uh, I spoke of before. Mm. Uh, and... I've meant to reply, of course, uh, it is uh, very interesting to know, uh, especially even now that uh, you have arrived, that uh, the home apparently has some uh, some history. It is uh, very exciting, possibly, uh, mm. but uh, I did not, uh, I always meant to reply, but uh, I was so very busy uh, uh, trying to catch up with work for my illness, and Keytree, of course, is a, a handful, as you have already met, and yes. uh, with Ranik's, uh uh, flare-up of arthritis. It has been... Uh, it, I have plenty things to do, I am afraid to say. This is uh, one of the first uh, first days uh, I have had uh, off and uh, not not uh, working in, in quite mm -hmm. some time. Yes. I have not, not had too much time, I am afraid. But I had planned to, yes. Well, it seems like uh, you have quite a lot to do. Of course, that's, that's understandable, natural. I'm... Uh, given your accident and your your duties here with your family, uh, that's quite admirable what you have been able to do. Uh, so, thank you. Uh, with that in mind, um, we are looking for it as well, and I'm I'm afraid we find ourselves in a bit of competition with this fellow who wrote you this letter. but uh, that. Uh... I did not think of it that way, but uh, I suppose that uh, that is true. Yes, yes. I, uh, yes, we, we would like to retrieve it for ourselves, um, if it is possible. Um, like to retrieve it? Uh, you believe it is here and this premise is still? It is not just uh, fiction? Mystery? Well, um, if it is here. Um, we do not know if it has been taken from here or not, but um, it wouldn't hurt to look now, would it? I, 
I suppose that might be possible. Uh, and he kind of kind of makes a little bit of a grimace, like a face, and he kind of looks out the window. It is getting uh, very dark and very late. Uh, the winter is here. It uh, can get very cold at night. I am not sure that, uh, that now is the yeah, opportune <laughs> time to begin search, if that is your intention. Well, uh, no, it wouldn't have to be now, would it? Would it, Grigori? It wouldn't have to be now. Absolutely not. No, I mean, there's always tomorrow. Yes, but, uh, well, uh, you know, you own this land, you own this place, and for us to look about without your permission would be wrong. So perhaps we could schedule a time. And if we do find something, I'm sure that there is a buyer out there who would pay handsomely. That is, a, that is a very compelling argument there, Mr. Bengura. But, uh, I, I will tell you this. Um, you, uh, you and your your companions could um, stay for dinner. We will talk more, tell us more of what you know of our home. We are very, very interested. Uh, I must I must be honest. Uh, the, uh, the winter months are a bit uh, grey and dull. Uh, mm. This has uh, injected a bit of excitement. Uh, this idea of perhaps there being some long-lost treasure uh, buried uh, in our home somewhere. That is uh, very interesting. And, uh, yes, therefore, did that tell us about it? And perhaps we will, uh, yes, we could uh, come back in the morning and uh, yes. we could start afresh. Yes, I do find that on this continent here, that uh, during the winter months, what gets people through is companionship. I, I should like to... Join you for dinner. Thank you for offering. Of course, of and course. In, in light of that, do you need any help with the preparations? Are you a cook? Uh, you, are, you have a, a skill? I was going to make something very, uh, very simple. But uh, now that I know that there are more here, perhaps we could uh, uh, celebrate a bit. A bit of uh, festivity has hurt no one before, yes? I am not a cook, but I've been told I'm very good with my hands. Oh, Indeed. Are you a uh, oh, uh, sculptor, painter, mechanic, perhaps? Uh, uh, I work in human studies. Oh, and this is uh, afforded you skill with your hands? Yeah, sometimes it requires quite the gentle touch. He's oh. quite skilled, he is. He's a professional among his profession. Oh, yes. You should tell us all about your uh, employment, your profession, as we eat. I am sure it will be delightful in our conversation. Yes? Very appropriate uh, table talk. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'll whisper in his ear something that will explain it, that will be, like, appropriate, you know, like, like the art of love. <laughs> but I'll whisper it in his ear so that the child does not hear it. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Uh, yeah, <laughs> his face kind of turns a little red. Oh, yes, we most certainly should not discuss this at, uh, <laughs> at dinner. But yes, I will accept your help nonetheless. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, it, is quite, it is quite boring as I look at uh, the child. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so we'll say uh, that you guys kind of hang around. There's some preparation uh, that's involved. Uh, there's some discussion that's had here and there. And I'll say just for the sake of kind of pushing this forward, 
Uh, and skipping time, you can sort of treat this like a quick encounter. Just tell me what you're doing, or if you want to roll something, you can. You don't have to, but just tell me what you're doing over the course of the evening, uh, as dinner is had, or dinner is prepared, or conversations are had, or anything like that. Is there is there anything in particular uh, that your character would be doing over the course of the next few hours? Mm. I'm a wants to try to follow up with the wife um, because she dropped a very intriguing nugget of information that the prison was actually a convent. Um, and we know that the prisoners have been ill. And so kind of trying to gather some uh, town gossip perhaps about like there's illness happening there and then, oh, it used to be a convent and kind of all of that stuff. Okay. Uh, so if that's the case, as the two of you are talking, she's very excited. She's, she's very curious about hearing about all the different, you know, information about her home. You keep kind of pushing it back towards this illness, like this history that's beyond her home. And like, she seems like a little annoyed by it every now and then as you're constantly kind of changing. She's like, she's trying to talk about other things. Uh, she's like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was, uh, uh, the uh, the convent uh, of the Ursuline. There is uh, it is not. There is nothing to tell. It, it, uh, uh, at a certain point, it was no longer uh, uh, worth uh, worth the time to uh, you know, for, for the convent to be occupied. So it was a very large building with uh, uh, with very strong foundation, and it was converted into prison. Uh, and the illness it is an illness. It is winter time. It is France. They are in a prison. Uh, my husband is the doctor. He goes in from time to time, and uh, there's there's nothing uh, nothing strange about this at all. I'm not sure. Wouldn't you rather talk about the opera? Uh, we we went to Paris just this uh, this weekend, and we uh, we watched a wonderful show. Are you a fan of opera? And she's constantly trying to like push onto this. Are you a fan of opera, Miss Namdak? I have been to 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 shows. Uh, definitely, oh, yes. I'm quite curious. What did you go see? Have you seen? Oh, 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 of course. And she, like, you see, she kind of gets up. She goes to push herself up, but she does so initially with her left arm and grimaces, and then switches quickly, almost stumbles to the off the table, uh, and you see her kind of wander over, and she grabs this program, uh, and she kind of uh, kind of brings it over back to you, uh, and she kind of shows it to you at this point. Uh, and she says, uh, uh, yes, the, uh, uh, we were at the uh, Paris Opera House. Uh, uh, beautiful, absolutely wonderful performance. Uh, Caterina uh, Cavallaro. It was all breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. Uh, she will be there, I believe, uh, for one more night. Uh, this might be uh, tonight, perhaps tomorrow night. I think might be her, f her finale, uh, possible, maybe tomorrow. I cannot remember exactly, uh, but... Absolutely beautiful. I can still hear uh, the aria in my ears. I've been dreaming about it. Uh, the aches and pains uh, of my wrist uh, and my hand uh, are best when I, I remember uh, the music. It is all quite beautiful. Uh, so enough of this uh, conversation about sad times. Uh, we talk about treasures and we talk about intrigue and we talk about opera and beauty and art. Not not this Eunice. I Stop couldn't it. agree more. There's nothing like a fine story, an adventure, something that can help you escape from this reality, something more, something greater. Yes, yes, Mr. Tidwell, he understand. I have heard rumor uh, that uh, I don't know uh, that you yourself are an entertainer. Is that correct? It's a fact. I recently was back 
in France because we filmed Scaramouche. It was fantastic. Never been in the country before. That's a lie. I was in the war, but it was a very different time then. Much nicer now. You Pretend are, violence versus real violence. You are. Uh, you have been in film. Oh, you must. That is right. About this, and you can see, like, as as she sort of leans forward, out of the corner of your eye, you can kind of see, like, uh, like uh, Christian kind of moving around with Kitri as, like, she's uh, say good night to everyone. It is time for your bed. It's time for your bedtime. She's kind of going up to each person and sort of, you know, saying good night. She goes over to it, but she like she like stops in front of Agori and holds out her palm. <laughs> uh, hand up. Uh, yes, yes, my dear. I'll put a dollar in your hand. Monsieur Cousin? Good night. Yes. Good night. Here's another one for the road. Missy? I don't like that look. Here, take a five. Missy? She continues to look at you like, no smile, nothing. And then she. You can hear her, like Christian and her kind of start moving up up the up the stairs. And uh, meanwhile, Joseph, you you have gotten the the rapt attention uh, of uh, of Veronique as she's hearing, you know, your your the process of filming, what that's like. Yeah. All I, those I picked questions. up her cue and tried to divert in that direction so okay. that others might be more free. Okay. Uh, and then over time, eventually, like kind of kind of Christian comes back and he kind of sits down at the table, kind of hands out like. Uh, he kind of, like after you've you know had a dinner, kind of clear the plates, kind of brings out some like a little dessert, like this, like kind of uh, caramelized apple tart, some uh, and some like some tea, and kind of passing that out of it to everyone. Uh, Veronique has mentioned that uh, you have looked at uh, blueprints of the uh, of the of the uh, the area, and now there are hidden chambers somewhere. Is that this is this correct? That's very true. Could we possibly see them? I'm very curious. I uh, think that's a fantastic idea. It's your think? home. It's only fair. Yeah, yes, I think we course. should share the experience together. Oh, excellent. Yes, this is all very exciting. And they both look excited. They both like, yes, and they're both very eager. Like, yes, 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 please, please. What can you tell us about the um about the man who is living here, about the manor house itself? I am very curious. Um I, I haven't read it. This is Veronique talking. I know my accents are basically the same. I got one. <laughs> uh, I got one French accent. That's it. Uh, and she's like, I, I am an avid reader. I have many books. Uh, history is a passion. Uh, what, uh, who is it that, uh, that was living here? And what do you know of him? So she's like listening, like sort of rapt attention as you're like showing the sketches uh, on the blueprints of uh, that you saw when you were in the town town hall and back at the uh, at the library in, 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 in Paris, Pema. So uh yeah so knowing tell? knowing that we uh we do have a little one in our presence it's going to be sort of the g-rated version well, maybe sure. went to bed. tell everything oh. oh i've been so caught don't up forget the, uh, the beheadings those are the important right. part telling uh beheadings oh yes oh. of course it was all the rage oh fascinating uh on this premises there were beheadings here and you get yes. like right like don't be so yes. excited. There's a uh, uh, lower your voice. We do not want to hear Kitri. Uh, she will have nightmares. I thought it was quite revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> see what you did there. They look at you. Oh, Mr. Bengura, you are very funny. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, human studies must call uh, for humor. Yes, yes. 
it it would do well when uh, there are misunderstandings. Yes. Oh, well, beheading, sir. It is I'm most only... uh, most alarming. Uh, uh, but uh, it, was he uh, a very uh, rich man? Perhaps uh, he has uh, treasures. Yes. It, it could definitely be possible. And so as this conversation is going on, they're getting very excited. They're looking over it. You can tell that they're, they're, they're really getting into this and asking all sorts of questions. All of that, however, is suddenly interrupted as you all hear this blood-curdling, high-pitched scream from Keetri uh, coming from the second floor, from up in her bedroom. You just hear, and all of a sudden, the two parents just kind of blood drains from their faces like, Oh my goodness. And then Christian and Veronique shortly thereafter, Christian just goes and she struggles to get up a little bit again, but eventually falls and they start running up the stairs. What do you guys do? Uh, going. Run up the stairs. <laughs> we we let them go first, but we're okay. definitely following after. Okay. Be so another ghost. When you get up there, uh, you can uh, see Killian right, will Killian. Killian will wait at the bottom of the steps to kind of look and see if, you know, if there was a burglary or something like that, he would uh, stay there to make sure nothing else could come up. Okay, so go ahead and roll spot. You can roll spot hidden if you like. The rest of you, as you're running upstairs, uh, you get maybe to the very top of the stairs when you see in the hallway right outside of a room, Kitri has like run out of her room tears are streaming down her face uh and she is she's like clinging to her mother and you can see like christian kind of pushes past her into the room uh joseph and pema are you there okay so yes if both of you are there you can kitri does not speak english she only has been speaking in french the two parents do speak some english so they've been able to kind of converse with you but the child is is she's only three she's not that great with language and so far she's really just got you know bits of french whenever she does speak um, so you two can deduce without any role that she mentioned something about a boogeyman at her window. I uh, was kind of looking through her window and you can see as she's like kind of hugging and clinging to Veronique that, that, that mark from the burn is still on her arm inflamed. Uh, it's almost like raised off the skin, like, like it's like it might blister. Uh, and you hear from inside the bedroom, you hear uh, the father, Christian, ah, no, 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 it is just a bad dream as he starts coming back in, speaking to her in French. He's being very, he's not being mean about it, but he said, it is just a bad dream. There is, there is no one out the window. You are imagining things. It was, you were sleeping and it's been a very exciting day and it was, uh, your, uh, no, 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 no. No one could climb up uh, up the side of the house to uh, to scare you for no reason. No, no, no. It is okay. Shh, shh. And like they all kind of, like the the three of them are kind of trying to to settle her down. What do you is, guys want to do? It, has it been snowing recently? Yes. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was blanketed mm -hmm. in snow. Absolutely. I am just going outside. Okay. Paying attention to where it should her room should be at in relation to the outside. <laughs> to investigate if there's some kind of lantern or lamp or something light, light making. I'll take that. A light maker. Yes. You find a light maker. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I appreciate oh. a good light maker. <laughs> <laughs> and you take it outside. Uh, go ahead and roll track actually for you. Yes. 
Killian, how'd you do on your spot hidden? Oh, I failed. Okay. Yeah, you're keeping an eye out. Maybe Reginald is helping. Like, you're looking at the windows here and there. You don't... How'd you do? I got a seven. Seven. Under uh, 50. You nice. look around, and you're you're specifically looking, like you said, for tracks in in the snow, and you don't find any whatsoever. Uh, you saw, you go around to the window where her bedroom would be. You look up. Mm-hmm. It's the same window she was waving at you all at when you first arrived, and you're underneath it, and there's, there's no footprints here, either mm-hmm. recent or partially filled in. There's nothing at all. Uh, the only signs of any kind of uh, any kind of movement was just coming from the road through the the sort of where the gate would be into the front step. But that was your steps. And that's not on, even on the same side of the house. So you oh, see absolutely right. nothing. Ghosts it is. Is there anything in this room along the lines of a duct similar to what was in Killian's room? Of a what? I'm sorry. Say it again. Wasn't there like a vent or a duct? Oh, right, that right. Thing- uh, I would say... Uh, yeah, probably. There's probably, yeah, there's probably a vent in the floor that's kind of connecting to like a sort of a house furnace beneath, something like that. Uh, but yeah, you do see something similar. My first. I, thought, I heard duck too. I heard duck too. I'm like, is there a duck in here? Yes. We will also hand over some peanuts. Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you do. I would say no role necessary. You do see that it is, you know, it's warm in here. Um, she did say was looking. Uh, so I'll say your mm-hmm. French is, is still is good enough to get a three year old's French. Like you don't need to do a role. Mm-hmm. Even even your 20 percent is able to, to deduce this without any error. But she says it was looking. It was just staring at her through the window. So it never actually came inside. I have a strange desire to put myself on the outside of the window as if I was there and then look around where I think this thing would have looked possibly have gone. Okay. So it's the second story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Completely so nonsensical. I'm going to need a, know. a climb test then. Uh, and Good. because it's cold and a little icy, uh, it's going to be a hard success to climb. So you're going to do pretty well. Like an extra D10, we have plenty of those boosts available to you. Okay. So basically that would... Do a plus 10 to it. That is correct. Yeah. That's what we use for boosts. Yeah. Why not? You do have all that luck too. I'm just going to say. That'll give me up to a 70. So that's uh, a four out of 70. Oh my gosh. Four out of, four, <laughs> just just keep, roll like that and keep your luck. You do in fact climb. And, and, and I will say this, Joseph, even though you do extraordinarily well, you can tell this was very difficult to do. And not only that, like you made all sorts of a mess in the ground below where Gregory was looking for tracks mm-hmm. on the wall of the mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of the home. It's like so if Gregory still out there, there's no way anyone could have climbed up here without and because like, without as as a you know, as effectively as Joseph has as a stunt man, a guy who's used to this sort of physicality and not left some sort of track. Uh, but Joseph, if you're able to climb up, you look through the window, you can see the family's still in there and whoever else might still be inside, maybe Pema. Uh, and you can see like, as you're looking through, like Christian kind of makes a very confused face as he sees you climbing and sticking through the window. Keetra goes, ah! and she can see, she, she kind of gets nervous again, but then she settles once it's clear who it is. No, he'll do some very comical faces to kind of change it. So basically you take what would have been something scary looking in 
and you replace it with somebody being very comical and you kind of like overwrite the images somebody looking through. So I'll say after, after a moment, you can see that she, uh, after the initial start, she leans back in, she gets a kind of a grin on her face, kind of turns her head to the side, comes up. She, she sort of sticks her tongue out at you and then she closes the curtains on your face. And then she opens it back up and sticks out, sticks her tongue out once more and then closes them again. Good. Okay. But you, it does seem to have effectively calmed her down a bit. Uh, Pema, was there anything you were doing throughout all of this? Um, so when we had gone into Killian's room, um, I'm trying to remember, was there anything different that we felt like the temperature felt different or there was anything that we were able to see sort of after? It was it was cool in there. Um, you didn't see anything though. Killian was the only one who actually had it was the only one who had any visual, you know, any sort of visual signs of something. The rest of you it was all after the fact. Uh, but okay. you searched around for a sign, you know, like evidence of someone breaking in or leaving, and you found mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. And there wasn't anything. Just the room was a little bit chillier than it had been. Sure. Okay. Um, so do I notice that here? Like, does the room possibly feel a little bit chillier nope. here than it does somewhere else? It feels else? as warm as the rest of the house. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Pema will just, I don't know that we've been in her room. So while she's in here, she'll just nosily just look around the room and just see what she sees in this kid's room. Uh, you, yeah, you see like, it's not, they're not extraordinarily wealthy, uh, mm-hmm. but you do see that they have tried to provide her with a certain amount of comfort and uh, toys and clothes and some some other things, but it, it's it's nothing extreme. This house is not enormous, uh, but uh, there are a couple. Uh, what looks like you know kind of dolls that are sort of dressed up here and there, but nothing extraordinarily fancy. Uh, you can see the most recently there was some uh, like like there like there's some kind of like little work pro you know project that they have like they're kind of dressing like making some new uh, new dress. It looks like uh, she's trying to like you can see these terrible stitches like she's not very good at it. Or maybe it was Veronique who was struggling through her arthritis to do so. Uh, you can see kind of a wardrobe where her clothes are. You peek inside of it. Um, and again, just clothes, nothing out of the ordinary. Ribbons and things here and there, a few a few drawings, uh, but, but nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, can I look at the drawings and be further nosy? Uh, sure. I mean, most of them seem to be drawings of mother and father and house. Uh, a few of them are just sort of drawings of uh, what looks like other places within the within the town. Things you kind of sort of recognize. Others, uh, drawings of like d- different animals and things like that. She might have seen again. Nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing that sort of strikes you as uh, particularly odd. Okay, I will stop being nosy in this child's room and go back out in the hallway. Everything good up there? I I uh, shout from down below. Uh, so after, after a little bit, Veronique will sort of stay up there. Christian will lead those of you that are still upstairs down. If you haven't left already, we'll meet those of you who are inside in the house. I'm, uh, I'm very sorry for this. Uh, she has had a very, um, very difficult day. She has a very active imagination, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I am worried that perhaps the, um, the blistering is going to, uh, possibly keep her up a little bit longer. I think perhaps we should end our evening tonight, um, I, I can uh, drive you uh, back to your hotel. Uh, it would be a tight fit, but I think all of us can get inside. 
Uh, and you can uh, come by in the morning, uh, say uh, at dawn, uh, coffee, croissants, and we will begin our search. Yes? So um, at this point, Killian doesn't have any idea that she said it was a ghost, right? Uh, she specifically said boogeyman. That was sort of the phrase. Oh, boogeyman. Like the best, well, okay. the best like, yeah. like English equivalent that Joseph and Pema could come up with. Right. But as, as far as like everything goes, Killian wouldn't know any Grigori of that. Grigori might have was... said it. Because okay. Grigori was tracking and found their track. So if, if Chuck says Grigori said it, then yeah. But otherwise... Oh, yes. I'd share that information, yes. Say, so, she said she saw a boogeyman. Is that correct? Uh, that is, yes. It is. Uh, please, do not think too much of it, Mr. Bengura. The... Tonight it was a boogeyman uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, she saw a different sort of monster and they were thinking first it sometimes it is out her window, beneath her bed, in her wardrobe. She is a child. She is three years old. It is it is the case. She saw her mother walking uh, in the hallway uh, in, the, in the evening and thought uh, it was an old crone come to get a witch. Uh, but it was just a very uh, bad uh, night uh, for arthritis where she... But Veronique was hunched over, and that hand had curled into a claw, and it is a... Uh, no, it did nothing for all of you to... I thank you for your concern, of course, but uh, it is nothing. Uh, nothing you have to be concerned with. No, no, no. Yes, come, come. I, I will get my coat. Uh, meet me at, uh, at around the, uh, the eastern corner of the house, and uh, we, will, uh, we will try. Yes? Uh, Very well. Yes, thank you. Good, Bing. Good, Killing. Uh, so I... Um, you know, as he starts leading the way, I'm going to, um, like, tug on someone's shoulder, someone's elbow or sleeve, sleeve, and, um, you know, whoever it is, I like, let's just say Pema, and um, he's going to say, I do wonder if it's the same apparition that visited me. Oh, yes, just because these uh, parents are passing this off as a uh, child's imagination uh, does not uh, turn me away from the idea that all of this is in some way connected. Okay, well, I cannot in good conscience go on. Uh, I don't I don't care what he thinks. If, that's, if her life is at risk, I must say something. I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't believe that her life is at risk. I, I, I believe that, that she will be okay. Um, I, oh. I would... I would like for us to maintain our invitation to return in the morning. Very and well. perhaps we can follow up our conversation then. Meanwhile, there's an idiot on the second story that does think the little girl's life is in danger. He's decided to look for a place where he can hide up above. So if the thing does come back, he can get the drop on it and fall down from above. <laughs> How long? We have so many with us. We've lost track of where Mr. <laughs> the fish man was just <laughs> forgotten up on top of the house. It's not a very memorable figure to begin it's with. Not. No, not at all. Uh, how long are you waiting up here? He doesn't know. It's probably okay. to the point that he can't stand it. At a certain point, though, as everyone's loading up the car, Christian's not an idiot. He'll look in, um, where is Mr. Uh, where's Joseph? Where's Mr. Titwell? Where's our film star? I mean, I guess that's the question of where did we last see him? And that's I, usually where he's at. Oh, in the window uh, by Kitri's home? 
which is a very dangerous climb, I should say. It is not, uh, it is a very cold time. I have seen many a broken bone from people slipping on ice, let alone falling from second floor onto us. Mr. And so he'll start wandering towards your crunch, crunch, crunch as his kind of boots are going through the snow. Mr. Titwell, uh, we are leaving. Hello? Hello? Mr. Titwell? Hello? Yeah, he was doing his best to hide, but it's, it's go, very you could you could roll roll you could roll stealth. <laughs> Where was that? I do want to point out though that you staying out here overnight might be pretty hurt you. Might hurt you. Uh, okay, yeah. let me let me see how he does. Look, I'm not saying that being <laughs> practical is Joseph's strong suit. <laughs> Crit fail for him. Yeah. Did, there's uh, a new gargoyle on the house. <laughs> he just like, doesn't see you. It's it's very dark. It's not like there's a lot of lights. There's like he's got a small lantern. He's carrying around. I'm sorry, a light maker. He's carrying it around. Uh, and then glad you corrected yourself. Yeah, I didn't course. want. I don't to know. Have I'm to. I'm an idiot uh, as well. <laughs> uh, and so I did. Uh, Mister Tidwell return already to the hotel. It is. Uh, he has a habit sometimes of making dramatic entrances and non-dramatic exits. Ah, I see. Uh, well, perhaps we will see him on the road. Uh, yes, c come in, get in, uh, and we shall go. Uh, and so at Thank that you. point... Thank you very much. He drives you guys back to the hotel. Uh, it's not that long of a drive. It's just a couple minutes, but it does save you the walk through the, the frigid winter night in Paris. Uh, and you all return to the hotel without incident. Uh, get up to your rooms without incident. Uh, Joseph is not there, <laughs> as you might imagine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you go about whatever your nightly process is. Let's turn our attention to Tidwell for a second. So, Joseph, <laughs> what's your intention here? It say. sincerely is to stand vigil. He's, I'm sort of picturing he's like <laughs> laying on the roof with his head looking down, just like making sure that like nothing comes up. Like okay. because part of his childhood is having a vampire, or like the weird star. He like his earliest childhood memory is a monster haunting his bathroom. That's true. He that's a thing for him. Like so, he's gonna stay here. Do you have any? Do you have any survival skills? So check it, check your skill list to see if you have any survival skills. Oh, I don't know about survival skills. Uh, Let's see if I can find this. So I'm not really survival. survival okay, so survival is like one of those survival any, and there's different subcategories. So there could be survival desert, survival sea, survival arctic. You don't have to have survival arctic because that would really be useful here. No, no. But like <laughs> underneath that, like further down, but not related, I have a lot of swim. <laughs> really good at swimming. That is a that is an I, I, I like where your head's at. Uh however, uh, that's snow is water in another form. <laughs> that is true. That is you're really you're really talking me into it. However, yeah. if it was if it if 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 ice was gas and not mm -hmm. solid, I would probably go for it. But in this case, I yeah. think we're gonna do a con roll instead, and it's gonna be um an extreme uh, extreme difficulty you're going to need not to suffer some sort of frostbite injury damage overnight. Totally fair. I Would you like this. a boost? I do. 
I do want to boost. This is a really dumb idea. This is a great <laughs> idea. Are you kidding? Well, I mean, you're it. right. It's dumb, but it's oh my god. <laughs> yes, ten out of seventy. <laughs> Don't screw you, oh Matt. My god, <laughs> Joseph, you you manage to somehow through your coats, through your determination, through just the place where you've managed to tuck yourself, like under the gable, the peak of the roof protecting yourself from the wind. Maybe it doesn't actually snow that night. You somehow make it through uh, all night, correct? Uh, mm-hmm. Is that correct? All yeah. night. In the morning, your hands are frigid. Uh, like you, you haven't suffered any damage from it. I am going to say that you're exhausted. Uh, I don't know if That's there's fair. a specific rule for this, uh, but I will say... Uh, I will say your rolls are going to take a penalty die for today until you get some until you get some rest. Totally fair. But I, I also won't require a roll as throughout the night there is no issues. You do see at a certain point Christian returns with the car, gets out of the car, kind of you hear him kind of whistling as he comes back, opens the door, never sees <laughs> you at any point, goes inside, <laughs> a couple lights go on and go off, and you make it through the whole night. And in the morning, uh, you see your friends. Gregory and Killian and Pema and Reginald walking up the drive with the sun uh, and the door opening again. And you hear the sounds of their conversation as Christian welcomes them back in the morning. I'll do my best to just kind of come down behind them as if everything's normal. And I'll say you absolutely do drop down without any issue. (laughs) No one sees you. You rolled so well on stealth. However, you go ahead, Gregory. Knowing Mr. Did well there, and what shenanigans he was probably up to. I would like to bring uh, probably some extra mittens and um, maybe a nice hot, like to go cup of coffee. They had those back then, right? Oh, for sure. There's a Starbucks <laughs> right next to the yeah. Just walk by the Starbucks. Uh-huh. Get uh, no, uh, Starbucks. Starbucks and Starbucks. Oh. This Starbucks. This. Uh, uh, do you have French Starbucks? I'll have a. Uh, Caramel macchiato with soy, uh, venti, and um, I, I'll bring that to him. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, also, yeah, right. going back today, since we're exploring the grounds, I am bringing my rifle. Of course. Uh, fair enough. So we'll say that uh, though, as Joseph comes down, you uh, you do come down without any incident, and no one sees you, but you are kind of covered a little bit wherever your 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 nose your ears your eyebrows your eye you know your eyelashes your coat you and you probably shaking a little bit uh but you're in he has no body hair at all you don't even have eyebrows no okay so you have them on your eyelashes maybe that's probably it uh and and maybe your clothes and that's about it uh i will say christian will look at you like Kind of look a little bit taken, look confused, but uh, he kind of shakes it aside as he's very excited. Are you ready to? Uh, it is a beautiful day. Uh, uh, we uh, we have a, a wonderful light. Uh, it is not until uh, mid afternoon where we will see storms. So, uh, we I have made coffee and croissants, uh, breakfast. Uh, yes, yes, uh, and uh, we are ready to start the day. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, if that's the case, uh, if you guys are ready to start looking around. Um, you have the, you have the, the, the plans, uh, you have like the old, like the old plans, the sketch, the copy that you made, you have the, uh, you know, you have 
you can probably get the regular plans of the house from Town Hall as well. We can we can retcon and say you did that as well. Uh, who would like to roll a navigate check? Uh, let me look. It might be something I'm good at. Yeah, I've got a 40 in it. I can certainly do that if no one else has it. Mr. Kozel, you know from our uh, travels together that you are much better sense of direction than I. I'm far too used to taking the train. I... Oh, that's totally fair. The important thing to remember in situations like these is wherever you end up is exactly where you were supposed to go. And I rolled an 82 over 40. So we go to exciting and new wonderful places. Would you like to spend 42 points of luck to make that a success? No. Would you like to push it to try it again? Yes. Okay, so go ahead and push. <laughs> roll again. Oh, Would you like a boost? You might, I think you just roll. Yeah, you just roll again. Or uh, actually, no, no if, you, if you expand, you can push it. <laughs> I got an 85. I did better this time. This is what's going to happen. Better worse this time. Or worse. <laughs> that is definitely worse. But better for the story, I think, because I'm about to hurt Grigori. So oh. you you all, uh, you fan out. Grigori giving direction. Uh, you're trying to match up like where, you know, you're trying to get what you can of the modern day layout of the home, the manor. You know that this old wall that surrounds the house partially had to, is older, might have been part of it. And so Gregory is using that and kind of directing everyone and you're fanning out, going to different areas, diff taking different pacing, looking for anything. You're kind of, uh, kind of scraping away certain, certain portions of the snow on the ground and, and whatnot. And Gregor, and it's taking hours and multiple times Veronique comes out with like refreshments. Like she brings coffee. It's constantly coming and constantly coming. She's obviously not doing too much to kind of, you know, shovel or, or scrape ice away. Uh, even Keetri comes out from time to time and she starts to shadow a few of you. Uh, at a certain point, however, Grigori, uh, the very warnings that Christian mentioned last night uh, about Joseph and about the climbing, about seeing people with potential broken bones and such, Grigori, you get distracted uh, once oh, no. more by, by Keetri and she starts kind of throwing like a snowball or two at you. And, and whether you throw another one back or not is, is not important as you kind of stumble around you, your leg dips down into like a, a, a more kind of soggy or more powdery patch <clears> of snow than you thought. And you hear, and you fall, uh, and you land on your side in this horrible, horrible way. You go ahead and can take four points of damage as Very you well. have radically twisted your ankle. Uh, ah, the graboids have me. <laughs> and I'm going to say that for the time being, uh, at least for today and maybe for a couple more days after this, any sort of dex based or like quickness based skill roll, anything that might have something to do with that, you're going to get a penalty die uh, as I, you're now moving a little bit more slowly. I understand. Okay. The good news is, is that even though this happens and even though this takes a long time, you are still eventually able to, after a few hours, uh, able to actually find, find something. Uh, and we'll say, I was going to say it was going to be you, but since you failed the roll, we'll make it random who actually finds it. So let's see. I uh, served my Killian. part. I found the place it wasn't. <laughs> Killian. Process of elimination. Yes. Mm -hmm. you, That's all right. I think it's over here. You, you actually stumble across about 15 paces. Uh, excuse me, about um, 
Yeah, 15 paces. I'm stupid. Uh, not too far away, I would say, from the old gate, using that as the entrance point, you actually stumble across something. It's near this the base of this large oak tree. And as you're kind of scraping around on the ground and kind of you know doing your best, you, you notice that just underneath the earth, near the base of this tree, there is some charred brick suggesting that it was some sort of foundation or some sort of flooring. Uh, and as you kind of scrape away a little bit, you realize it's a step and that you think it's a staircase mm. going deeper into the earth. Well, we have something over here. Look alive. I'm uh, trying my best. Would you, would you like an arm? Uh, that would be fantastic, my dear. Ground's a little wobblier than I remembered. So I'm going to have everybody roll, uh, let's call it like a, like a strength test, or if you have any kind of like construction or mechanic, like, yeah, we'll say construction or, hmm. I don't think there's really any kind of a mechanical repair doesn't make sense here. Um, you don't even have heavy machinery. So yeah, let's just make it a strength test. Everyone just roll a strength test and depending on how the group <laughs> does, will determine how quickly you're able to dig this out. My one in heavy machinery and my 10 in mechanical repair. Nice. That's why I think strength just makes more sense. So we're digging, correct? You're just digging. You're trying to carve it out because Killian found the first step and you you recognize it as a step, but there's, you you know that it's going to be going down and you're digging through like this icy, this uh, frozen earth and it's taking a long time. Just making sure. I think this would be appropriate trying to dig with a messed up ankle. I, even with my naughty dice, I got a five. Wow. Oh, you are a hero. I'm uh, a hero. You know, naughty Pema, dice is quite the fun game. It really is. <laughs> Pema failed. So maybe Pema's trying to like dig while she's kind of supporting uh, Mr. Kozel and his or an injured leg. And so she's kind of ineffective. I want to point out, Chuck, that you rolled two fives. You rolled two T100s mm-hmm. and you rolled a five both times. Like, cause you rolled two, like two, two zeros and then a five. Listen, I've, I'm, uh, yes, I did great. Thank you. You're welcome. He bought his uh, dice. I <laughs> paid extra. From now on, Forge is being sponsored by EA. Gregory <laughs> <laughs> so Kozel invented pay to win. I did. All right. So with Joseph and uh, and Killian offering a, su- a regular success, and then Grigori offering an extreme success, even with Pema not having a success, uh, that's still really good. Uh, and you are able, I'll say, to dig out the staircase uh, in in a single day. Uh, it is the sun is very low, uh, and there is a very cold wind that starts to rise. the The clouds begin to form as as night is coming down. Uh, but you do have a little bit of sunlight left, uh, when you finally reach like the, um, the last bit of it, which is like an 18th step of a staircase, it's this narrow staircase and it reveals this old steel door at the very bottom, uh, unadorned. Uh, there's no specific, uh, there's like nothing here that there's no, no writing, nothing to, Im- you know, Im- sort of imitate, you know, uh, su- excuse me, suggest or intimate exactly what this is for, but it's a, it's made of, made of metal. Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something that has seen some, some harm and some wear, uh, but, uh, but there is a door 
the base of this, uh, the base of the stair. What would you guys like to do? I mean, the most appropriate thing to do is when you come across the door is to knock. Okay. You knock on the door. There's an echo. Like it thrums a little bit. No one answers. As you're doing that, Christian comes comes back as he just kind of ran to like a, like a shed. And he comes back and he's got like different tools here and there. He's got like a crowbar and some chains and like... Eh, Mr. Kozo, did you just knock on the door? Oh, yes. Don't want to uh, be rude. It is. You did not think there is someone down there? I mean, if there is, want to get off on the right foot. Because he's only got the left left. I've only got the one right now. You know, yeah. I, I do wonder if... Uh, there's some sort of security here. Uh, Mr. Bengura, it is a door that has been buried in, in, in dirt and ice for hundreds of years. What sort of security do you think there is? Yes, curious is the trap maker's art. Its own effectiveness, not witnessed by their own eyes. You think it is trapped? Ah. There's only one way to find out. Okay. Yeah. If you would like to roll spot but, in. Um, but my concern is for you. So, yeah, <laughs> go ahead and roll spot in. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. I thought you were about to offer him to open the door. No. <laughs> it might be trapped. <laughs> you better home. go first. <laughs> this is technically your land. So, so you should properly take a look at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take an audience. Uh, you don't want to look Thing like man. a coward Sounds in front good. of your daughter who is five feet yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, Killy, I'll tell you this. You don't see anything to suggest a trap in the exterior. But as you're looking, you do notice that there are some, what you think, weak parts of where the, the, the frame, the joints and stuff. And so, like, if using his crowbar and a good hard push by maybe Joseph or a few others, you might be able to do it without a whole lot of difficulty. Uh, otherwise, I'll, I'll, so I'll say instead of, instead of saying that you, you know, you're, you're sure there's no traps, at least on the outside, uh, but you see a weak spot that might make it easier to pry it open. Right there. I think the crowbar should go over there. Um, not much of a, not much of a carpenter or, or or joiner myself, but uh, I don't know how much this room would have hold, held up underneath the earth for this long. So uh, it, I think it's best if we clear this area while one of us opens it. Sounds like a plan. A little bit of elbow grease, never did anybody any harm. Uh, so uh, who is opening the door? If it's very narrow. There's very narrow down here. So there's, I'll say, at most there can be two people that can be that can be like like right against the door. It's a fairly narrow staircase, fairly narrow door. So who are the two people that might be doing this? Joseph. I, even with my bad foot, I'll gladly volunteer. Okay. So the two of you with your, you know, you get this crowbar, you get these chains, and the two of you from from Killian's uh, pointing this out where the weak spot is. Uh, you go ahead. And as best you can, 
you kind of lean as much of your body weight, your strength into it as you can. And eventually you hear this horrible scrape as the metal just kind of pries away. And after a little bit of that scraping, a pop and the door swings open, grinding against the, the brick floor of the final step. And you're greeted by the two of you, damp, cool air that just whacks you right in the face. Not cold, but cool. And you see a very dark hall uh, that seems to be leading back toward the walls in the outer gate, not towards the house. We're definitely going to need a light maker for this. And then we can head on in. Indeed, we have several light makers. I can provide that, yes. It's fantastic. Would you like to lead the way? It's your secret uh, hatch uh, tunnel. What is that, Kitri? Kitri, Faranik, you need me? Yes. Uh, no, you uh, are the adventurers. I shall follow you. Yes, yes. Y- yes. Th- thank you very much. We will report back on what, what we find. Uh, I have a lovely hypothesis that I think will doom us all. We're going to be walking towards where the church once was, which means probably under the prison. Isn't that a long ways away? That is I don't several. know. That is a, it is indeed. That would be a very long, uh, long tunnel and it would no longer be on our properties. Uh, that is a shame if that is true. But hey, that is a very intriguing theory, Mr. Tidwell. Yes. Good. Very interested to see if this is true. Well, anyway, if we find any very cool treasures, we'll make sure that we say we found them on your side of the property line. Exactly. Excellent. I don't understand maps. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I would like to know, for no reason at all, uh, marching order. And at this point, I do think it would be good to you, for you all to tell me, what are you carrying in there with you? Well, I, I've got my rifle. Uh, what kind of light makers? Do they have flashlights in these ancient times? <laughs> there are flashlights, yes. Flashlights do exist in 1923, yeah. Very good. I'm going to tie... Flash of flashlight. Lantern would probably be easier to acquire in in Poise, but mm. you could have brought your flashlight with you, so that's fine. Uh, uh, either way, I'm going to attach it to the front of my rifle, and I will happily lead the way. And if I see anything fishy ahead of me, well, I'll just start blasting. You'll know it's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gregory, I do want to point out that a that a light maker and a flashlight. Uh, either one you use uh, would like a rifle's two-handed. So are yes. you using both? Are you actually trying to one-hand a rifle? I was thinking of hanging it on the barrel of the rifle, but I guess you mechanically know, it would make sense instead, that that wouldn't be I possible. Could, I could I, hold it for you. <laughs> thank sure you. you. I could. would appreciate or, if you would hold it for me. Mayhaps I let myself be at the front. You're a wonderful person, Killian. However, you deal in human studies. I deal with taking a beating. I should probably go first. I can okay. hold the light. If I need to use my gun, I can use my gun and that. If I need to use my sword, I can use my sword and that. And then if you want, Gregory, you can put your rifle over my shoulder. Okay. It's an incredibly stupid thing. It's going to ruin my ears. Actually, well, I can strike just that. say duck. All right. So Joseph is in the front, then Gregory. Then I mean, an air vent. Yes. My apologies. Actually, I would like to maybe reconsider our lineup. Tidwell, you take the front. I'll take the rear. Okay. 
one, I'm hobbled and a little slower, and two, I can follow watch or six. Uh, Pema and Killian, who is where? Where are you? In terms would of the be sandwich? next to last, essentially next to Mister Kozel in our order. Okay, and Killian, that means you're you're following Joseph. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Killian's carrying knives on him. Okay, perfect. Thank you. All right, so you all begin to descend into this dark, dark hall, uh, and you. All of you feel that kind of cool air, that dampness. You can feel like a muskiness and an odor uh, begin to kind of permeate around. You're not five feet into this darkness that's, that is you know, affected by the light that you have. When you, you kind of start coughing here and there just from this foul smell. Uh, you can see as you're walking that there are roots of nearby trees, including the oak tree uh, that served as the discovery point. Uh, there are roots of these nearby trees that are pushing through a lot of the joints in the stonework. They're bulging like these thick, pallid snakes. Uh, and they're at, so- at times they're making movement fairly difficult as you're not, it's not just a clean hallway, but you're having to s- kind of slip between like and kind of with your back to the wall and your front kind of getting caught and tangled and roots here and there. This sort of black grime coming off in your faces or on your clothes. Uh, this muskiness, this this dust kind of kicks up from it, gets into your nose, and you cough once more. Uh, and eventually, uh, it does somewhat open up into a little bit of a room, Joseph, uh, when, you, when you peek through. And as you're looking around, you notice there's a lot of you know, half-broken or half-rotted furniture, uh, lying around here and there. And it looks like chairs or ottomans, things like that. But the one thing that your eye is, is, is basically drawn to uh, are the walls. As you see, there are hanging from, in many places, others, they have fallen down to the ground, appear to be portraits uh, in these old, kind of now kind of rotted, torn or worn twisted frames of some kind uh, you can see in some cases the the canvas has curled or has been eaten away at as the light flashes over towards one of them you see like a whole scatter of bugs just suddenly just fly away uh, from the light and revealing the canvas underneath where you can see the face of a person missing where and you can see it's been gnawed away uh, by whatever those bugs were, and you can just see like the contours of this kind of curled white, like whitish, grayish hair, and some sort of ruffled, ruffled collar. As you're watching, Joseph, you get the distinct feeling uh, that the eyes of some of these paintings are just kind of following you a little bit. Like you feel like you're being stared at. Not so much that the eyes are moving, but no matter where you move, no matter what angle, they always seem to be staring like right at you. On the ground, there is a frame partially broken. You flip it over and you can see the same thing. And every one of these, these people, the portraits that are visible, that are still, you can actually still see something. The faces look different. They look 
Well, they look like someone has sort of flayed and ripped apart their skin. And I'm going to need everyone to go ahead and roll a sand test. Uh, Joseph, you're cool. Uh, you don't need to. You have yet. You have that one uh, a talent that I think would apply in this case. Fair enough. Yep. They passed. Very nice. And remember, sand can't use bonuses. Can't use rerolls. Can't use anything like that. Ooh, that's super passed. Oh, wow. Excellent. Uh, and Pema, how'd you do? Uh, failed with a 69 over okay. 60. Just nice. one point of sand, as this is extremely unsettling to look at. You also were one of the two people uh, who were there uh, at the library with actually seeing a person with their skin flayed. And I would probably suggest that maybe that image of that of that individual uh, in the London Library, what you're seeing in some of these portraits, maybe that is kind of coming coming true, and and, and maybe you're feeling unsettled in some particular way. But it's, it's only one point of sand okay. loss. Uh, anybody who would like to uh, can roll spot hidden. Yes, yeah. I'll do it. I am going to spot nothing. Okay. 85 Australian. over 50. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great success. Uh, wow, Killian. look at you. Very nice. Killian, you notice that it's it's the light is, is a little weird at times uh, as like you're not it's casting these strange shadows. It almost seems unnatural until you realize there are these like thin roots that are hanging down from the ceiling that are kind of throwing these strange shadows on the walls where it almost looks like the light was bent or split in some strange way. Uh, but you also notice that like there's exposed roots sort of terminates as you, as you like look down this, this, this hall that was partially obscured by this tangle uh, of, of, of debris. There's a five-way juncture, not too far away from where you're looking. And it almost looks like the way the, the route that you're following from the room with the portraits towards that, that juncture, maybe about 10 feet away as the light shines down the walls, it almost looks like an arm ending in a hand in some ways and sort of splayed out like fingers going in different directions and you being like where the wrist meets hand meets palm. I'll, uh, I'll draw my knife out and I'll say, stay sharp folks. As, uh, I point down the way and, uh, uh, towards that hand. And Pema also succeeded in that, not as well as, uh, Killian. When we see that it's an arm and a hand, I have to ask, does it look like a left-handed arm and a hand? Uh, that's a great question. It does indeed. Uh, at least it's hard to tell, obviously, palm from top, but the way you're looking at it, at least the orientation, the thumb looks in the position of an upturned left hand. Mr. Tidwell, so, your hypothesis uh, appears at, at this point at least to correlate with what we are seeing here. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. 
do you go down any particular finger as you continue exploring? And unless you tell me otherwise, I'm assuming the same marching order. Same marching order. Uh, let's start with the thumb. Okay. Is that Joseph. the leftmost one in this situation? Yeah. So it's yeah. So left palm. So the yeah. left thumb would be on the left. Yeah. Always so left. Oh, it's moved. Left. It's the absolutely. That's how I plan this. Uh, so oh, no. oh. we've got we we've been right. had by that before. <laughs> we have. That's true. Uh, Joseph, you lead the way, and you get into a room that again opens up after a bit of a bit of struggling through the the roots and debris in the hall. You also see this dark vegetation and kind of growing up here and there and almost kind of swaying. Uh, you're not sure if it's a breeze. You're not sure if it's you, but it almost looks like it looks like follicles just sort of kind of flickering or moving around or it almost seems like, like it's just sort of shifting and moving. So whenever anyone makes a couple steps in the room, it almost seems to react or just move, but then settles the minute everyone else does. As you're looking around, you notice that there are well, there's there's racks, there's old furniture, and then you can see that there are all these different rooms that are attached to this kind of central room. And you realize that there are cells. These are like cells. Some of the doors appear to be closed, uh, and you can see that there are these tiny little holes uh, that would probably be about uh, eye height. Uh, others are shattered, or you can see some of the debris, some of the infrastructure has collapsed. Uh, but you can see that there are uh, there are a couple of these these cell doors. It's not creepy at all. Uh, Pema's gonna walk up to one of them and poke her eye at the eye hole. You see inside as you look through. Um, it's a lot of darkness, but we'll say just for sake uh, of, of ease, the light is sneaking through the bottom of the door, giving you some sight on the inside. And you can see that there uh, are two skeletons inside. They're chained together. Uh, you can tell that one of them appears to be in some kind of dress. Uh, the color is very tarnished, but it was probably light of some kind. And there is a veil, uh, like this kind of thin lace veil uh, over top the face. And they seem to be chained together. Go ahead. Uh, as you're looking and roll uh, a sand test for me, Pema. Yep, sure. That, that makes sense. It's, it's very creepy to lay my eyes on. And as I have with every other uh, role of this type in this game, I failed. Okay. Uh, take one point of sanity loss. Okay. Uh, There's a, a, a two people together. Uh, and one is a dress and a veil. Good night. Um, how long dead are they? Gosh, they're not recent. Like you don't need a, a roll. No, it's fine. Yes, it's a it's a it's a wonder that I'm the 
there's still fabric there to see, but it, it has been quite, quite, quite some time. But, oh, I, I must see what, and Pema's going to like poke her eye in the next hole. You look into the next uh, and you see that there are more skeletons uh, in here uh, that uh, like you can see that there's essentially the legs and what looks like the sort of pelvic area are hanging upside down from the ceiling. But the torso, the ribs, part of the spine, the skull have collapsed from the weight and are scattered about on the floor. Others have completely collapsed and the floor is just this grimy mass of, of mildew or, or, or grime or some sort of black scum and bones. So many bones. Go ahead and roll another sand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm terribly sorry. Yeah. I do appreciate you looking. Uh, yeah, that, that, that would also be a fail. (laughs) I'm going to take three points of sand. Oh no. Uh, so, 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 so that one and, there's just there's bones there's just so many so many um that adds up to five for the day if there's any particular thing that happens when you lose five in one uh day. so it's it's at once is what we have to worry about for now there's other like well right now if you lose five or more as part of one sanity roll that's what we'll concern ourselves with uh so right now you're okay there's okay. another one just kind of yeah there's another rule that i can't remember but i don't I, you haven't hit it yet i don't think okay and she'll just step back and be like, so, yes, uh, that one, lots of bones and things. Um, you know, if anyone else wants to, you know, stick their eyes in the holes and look through, it's fine. Someone else can do that, too. It doesn't just uh, have to be me, you know. Absolutely. Do- I'm, I'll admit, I'm curious. Going to take a look. Wait, wait, just a moment. Do we have to look in all of these holes? We're here to investigate. Why would we not put our eyes through yeah. all of the aisles? Well, I, I mean, mean, they wouldn't put them there for us to not look through it. Why don't? How many are left? Look, Adele, you're an expert one of human studies. Intact. You always handle all the holes. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> only with I get that joke. But thing is, we are here to try and recover the simulacrum. Now, once we have done what we decided to do at the four, then we can go what what is what what come we can go with what comes up later. Yes, uh, if this were some sort of uh, uh, movie or play, we should focus on the four play rather than what's in front of us right now. So I, I would just Tidwell, say we are you poking your eye through that hole? Yeah. He's listening, basic. That's a fine point, Killian. I agree with you. Are you looking through a different one or are you looking through the same the one? The same one. Okay. Uh, so you look through both of them. But Joseph, the thing is, it's like you have that talent. And I don't think necessarily that seeing old skeletons is necessarily going to trigger anything here. Uh, I yeah, think he's hardened. Yeah, they're certainly gross to look at and unsettling, and you can probably see how somebody else uh, would have trouble with it. Uh, but you've seen some things in your life, 
and it doesn't necessarily bother you as much. Emma, I have to agree. That was very unpleasant to look at. I am curious why this room has people hung up very miserable way to die. These people sitting here pleasantly, maybe is that a is that a groom? I'm not sure. Maybe it is. I, uh, I, do, I don't what what well sometimes it is hard to discern a pattern with only two points of information. So perhaps if we had information on the third, we could better discern what the pattern is. Perhaps I volunteer. Maybe. Oh it's fine. Thank you. You can. Uh, Joseph, you look inside uh, and you can see someone likely <laughs> someone has likely been chained to the wall uh, in sort of spread eagle fashion, except the only thing you see left are the, the wrists and the, the hands, these skeletal hands that seem to have been hammered or nailed to uh, to a brick in the wall. And the same thing is true of the kind of the ankle area. Uh, there looks to have been some kind of collar, like iron collar, uh, attached to the wall as well. But when you look down, you can see there's just a pile of bones down there as well. I recall you making some mention about uh, forms of debauchery and things of that nature, correct? With this uh, this fellow's parties. That seems to be a recurring theme here. This one is no better than the last. Oh, so you think this was intended for I don't know well we did we did hear that the house was burned down and it was possible that whoever burned the house down didn't know that there were these uh, areas underneath and perhaps it was not intended that these people were going to die and then they were forgotten about and oh goodness that's a that's a horrible thought they That's may have been involved in some illicit activities that uh, they do not expect to be their last. Yes, it, 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 exactly. Hmm. So oh that that is the last of the three intact cells, and that is all of this room. Uh, do you retreat back to that nexus, the palm, so to speak, where the roots were and all of the different tunnels went? You're just going to kind of go clockwise, basically, the index, the middle. Yes, uh, okay. As you start pushing down the next path, you, I'll say, let's see, who's it going to be? Uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Grigori. Oh, that's me. Grigori, uh, like Joseph's ahead. You're coming up last. Uh, you have light makers on either side, I'm sure. Uh, and while you're looking behind you, you don't see anyone following you, but you do hear voices. Uh, you can't distinguish them. Uh, you just hear the sounds of what you think is a male voice and then the, the cackling laughter. You think a woman's laughter that's just sort of wasping through the air or, you know, kind of moving through kind of a And you said I, I can't pick out a direction that it's coming from? It's coming from behind you, but you don't see a source of it. You just hear the laughter. You hear the sound of a man's voice. It's in French, but you're you can't quite discern exactly what it's saying. Uh, and then you hear the cackling, mad laughter of a woman. Uh, I will quickly and quietly alert the party. Hey, there's someone behind us, and then I will pivot and drop to a knee, rifle at a ready aim down the hall. The three of you, as you see him do this, 
You listen, you look, you hear nothing. You see nothing. And a very awkward couple of moments pass. As Grigori, you continue to hear that laughter. You continue to hear the voice. Nobody else does. Roll a sand test there, Grigori. You've got it. Oh, dear. I got a five. What is 41. with your dice rolls today? Can you roll anything <laughs> other than a five? Like, did you I just program? Oh, hope that's cheating. I think Chuck <laughs> I, figured out. Chuck I've learned out. from Melissa. <laughs> sure. yeah, Maybe he knows the fifth portent. Each time this happens, you notice that it kind of comes with a gust of wind and you see some of the roots kind of shift around and maybe you talk yourself out of there being laughter or sounds, but no one else is hearing it. Like you're just, your mind, you're, maybe you're letting your minds play tricks on you. Uh, you're, and your leg is aching here and there. Mm. Um, I could have sworn I heard it. Maybe it was the wind. Well, let's just be on guard, I guess. Keep listening. And I do want to, as we move, try and see if I can make out anything they say. But okay. yes. Up ahead, Joseph, Killian, the two of you see a room once more open up. Uh, and all you see in here is uh, a chase lounge uh, that seems to be placed in front of a very large torturing rack. Uh, no one appears to be inside of the rack, but you all would be able to recognize a fairly medieval-looking, gruesome rack that someone would be put on and stretched and tortured in particular ways. And a lounge chair, or you know, is, is, is now rotted and soaking, gross, grime-covered lounge chair, as if somebody was just sort of taking their leisure while watching the victim be uh, be tortured. I'm not going to lie. I have the feeling I would not have cared for this gentleman. No. No, not, not at all. I don't. The things that he seemed to view as entertainment do not seem to agree with our entertainment. Well, something tells me that if someone were to have the capabilities of building this down here, he would have been incredibly wealthy. And mm -hmm. uh, there's something that can happen to your mind when you have all your needs, all your wants taken care of. Mr. Kozol, yes. this is this is concerning for you. You might want to uh, continue to be generous with your money so that you don't have too much of it and go do stupid things like this. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a problem. I would just, I had a thought, and uh, so this thing we're in is shaped like a palm, correct? That's correct. A left one. That's correct. And the injuries on the people were left ones. That's correct. Mm -hmm. I don't have any more than that. It's just I realized. Well, we've gone down. It's the all left. <laughs> Congratulations. You've beat the game. <laughs> Figured it out. End credits. It's all right now. So that is where this room ends. Do you once more return to the palm and take the next path? Indeed we do. Yes. Do I still hear the laughing and talking? It eventually fades. Uh, once you move into this room and then start moving back out, it eventually fades. Oh, real quick. We do need to check that lounge chair's cushions. Sure. 
Do you? Yes. I don't you like that you're rolling dice for this. You reach inside. Uh, you feel something kind of moving around and suddenly wrap around your wrist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Cobras. <laughs> no what ropes. What do you want to do? Retract my hand quickly. You pull your hand back. You, you, feel a, you feel a little bit of pressure, kind of keeping it in place, but then it wrenches free. All of you hear the sudden, like a sudden, like tacking as stuff goes flying around the room. And Gregory, you look at your wrist and you see kind of hanging from it. Almost looks like the, like the ruined remains of a rosary. You see a handful of these, like these maybe at one point were very nicely kind of carved and sanded and lacquered wooden beads, whereas mm. others are just pinballing themselves all the way around the room. Uh, but you have the rest of it hanging on your wrist. No signs of a cross <laughs> or anything like that, but the beads themselves. Yeah. Uh, well, that was scary. Also, revising my theory with these prayer beads now, we're in France. France isn't that far from Spain. Maybe this was a stronghold of the Inquisition. And these were heretics they were torturing. Oh, and I didn't expect that down here. I know. No one ever does. And there are other cushions? Or Mr. Kozel cut all of them open? Just the one. What? Just like he went through the seam where the, yes. the back meets them. Yeah. Tom is going to take her sword and cut the next cushion. Okay. Yeah, you start cutting through. And you can see each time you hack into it, you can see a burst of bugs start flying out from it. Some crawling, some literally taking flight. You see maggots begin to pour and just fall onto the ground here and there. You see roaches and spiders begin to scatter, centipede or two. It makes no real logical sense. It's as if you're a child picking up a rock and you're just seeing all the different collection just kind of scattering away. Quick question about the room that we were, the thumb direction mm -hmm. that we were in before. Um, the doors were old enough that we could have just pulled them open. It would have taken some work, which you could have. Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not like an easy, like it, like everything's kind of either swollen with moisture or there's been some, some infrastructure damage. And so some of the, you can even, because there's been places where you've seen the walls crumbling here and there, the roots have pushed through. So everything would take any, any work to, to sort of unearth. Now that we've had gotten some distance from those rooms, do, do we want to try to actually investigate them thoroughly or were we good just poking our eyes through the holes? I mean, we didn't come here for nothing. I mean, we're going to do a job. Let's do a job. I didn't think of it, Mr. Kozel, until you cut open the cushion that if we're going to be thorough, perhaps we should be more thorough. Very well. Maybe they've got their wallets and their IDs in their pockets or something. And we can get some more details. Okay. <laughs> so Pema, who took, I think, five sanity loss from that room, wants to return. We'll say you spend a little bit of time breaking those doors open to each of them. And all you really find inside is what you saw through the peepholes, which is the remains, like there's bones, there's some scattered cloth here and there, and some of them, some evidence of, of worn chains and broken brick where some of the walls collapse. But 
other than what you've already discussed, like there's nothing new that you necessarily discover in here. Uh, just a closer view of it. Uh, and then anybody else who didn't peek through the hole, you can now go ahead and roll a sand test uh, as these horrors now become uh, aware to you as well. We have to do it per room or just once for the area? I'll say just once. We'll, I'll just make the penalty a little higher, seeing all this happen at once. Ah, there we go. 68 over 41. Uh, all right. So you're going to take... Uh, Gregory, as you see all of this, this is horrific nature. You're hearing the whisper. You heard a woman's laughter. You heard a man's <laughs> voice. And you start thinking about it in your head. And you think you think the word betrothed, maybe? Something like that kind of popped up. You're not really sure. But now that you see this veil, it's sort Wedding of coming ghosts. together, messing with you a little bit. You can take three points of sanity loss. Oh, very well. I am now at 38. Killian succeeded. Bad. You're okay. You're okay, so Killian. So yes, the things I heard were the ghosts of these people. You heard, well, is... you heard their voices. I heard the voice of a man and a woman, and the woman was laughing, and I thought I heard the word betrothed. Ooh. Ghost wedding. Well, that Can is you imagine quite sad. If this poor lady was forced to be handcuffed to somebody that was already dead and sit beside them. So I'm trying to think what would be as cruel as the other things in the other room. Well, the cruelest thing would be to handcuff the two of them together, newly wed, so they can sit there and slowly watch each other die. I, Mr. Tidwell, that was the worst thing you could think of. That's maybe they were distressing. Maybe they were found fornicating before marriage. Um, and that was their punishment to make them get married in this gruesome way. That I don't like so much. Yeah. I do apologize, Miss Pema. It's a dark world. My head goes to dark places because I like to be prepared mentally before I see worse things. Oh, oh no! This is this is definitely good. We we can't go into these things naive. We will see plenty of evils. There is no yes judgment. We will. Uh, there's what? Uh, how many holies have we been down so far? Two. Middle two. fingers next. Yes, three more evils to see. So do you? But push the middle down one it? is likely where we get proper fucked. <laughs> do you push down the middle hall? I'd say so. Yes. So, as you push in, Joseph, you actually notice that there's light coming from it. This faint there's, glow. Yeah, this light at the end of the tunnel. Oh no! Can, we've died. You can see a, a faint glow starting to to kind of emanate from what you realize now are roses of all sorts of like fantastic colors, like aquamarine, violet, orange, like beautiful, bright green. You can see all of these, these extraordinarily colorful and kind of glowing or illuminated flowers are hanging from these thick rose vines. Mm -mm. You notice that there's this oily black sheen that seems to be uh, kind of dripping some kind of black eye core from these long thorns uh, 
you can see that the vines have started to grow through the remains of whoever died here. Because you can see that they're kind of supporting these bent and twisted skeletons, uh, which you can see are contorted and twisted and tormented in some ways, even in death. You can see flowers are blooming in these empty eye sockets. And the vines have kind of been pulled into the dead, into this sort of strange pose in some way. And at the base of the mass, Joseph, you see, and I'll say Killian at this point as well, the left arm of a statue. It's entangled by vines. It's uh, it's human size. It's the equivalent of a, of a human arm. And you can see it's glowing faintly. You can also notice as the two of you are here, and then we'll say Pema and Gregory, you, you, you join now. You can see a thin mist kind of forming, starting to concentrate and waft about the room a bit. I need everyone, including you, Joseph, as this I don't think is going to apply your talent, to roll a sand test to view this entire twisted, bizarre scene. I've failed again. Passed. Aha! Being uncharacteristically lucky tonight. Okay. Uh, so only Grigori. Grigori, yep. take another point of sand loss. Oh, right. 37. Oh, my gosh. What would you guys like to do? I recall our friend talking about the injury he sustained from the flowers. I'm going to make sure not to get myself anywhere near any of these vines. I have my cavalry saber. I will use it as best as possible. Not as good as a machete, but close. I will try to hack back and away the vegetation. Okay. Uh, so... It's going to take some time. Even hacking into it, you realize the vines are extremely strong. Mm-hmm. It's, it's working, but it's slow, slow going. And your gear, your cut was very sharp. Your cal- or excuse me, your cavalry sword is very sharp. However, it's taking a very long time. Uh, you do you do think that if you if you really dedicate the time, you're extraordinarily patient, which means waiting around in here for maybe 20, 30 minutes doing this, hacking away at it, you probably could get it done. Is that something you wish to do? I'm willing to do it. I don't want anybody to have to risk themselves sustaining an injury like what that man did. Maybe none of us will. Maybe I'm just making a terrible assumption. However, if it's a difference between 20 minutes of my time versus one of you having some horrendous supernatural injury, I'll take 20 minutes. Okay. I'll agree to that. Yes. So all of you wait around as Joseph. Yeah, you hack and hack and hack. And some of that black eye core kind of starts flying, almost like sap here and there around. Uh, everyone make a luck test. <laughs> God oh, damn it, I got a nine. Jesus, Chuck. How many single digit rolls tonight, man? I don't know. So uh, my rolls have been garbage here recently. So, wow. Well, it looks like my luck has run out. No. Uh, uh, did not intend for this to happen. Uh, as the two of you uh, basically get splattered with a significant chunk of this black eye core, face, clothes, uh, you got to kind of wipe it away. It's sticky like sap in some ways. And you can see it darkens the skin almost like it's like it's ink staining your skin for a bit. It doesn't seem to sting or hurt in any way, uh, but it's gross and, it, and it's ruining your clothes. And you can feel like this, this grime now. Otherwise, Joseph, you have hacked away enough and you can see there is there is the arm 
What would you like to do? Uh, unrelated to the arm, seeing them splattered, I will pull out some of my travel booze and a rag and help uh, Killian and Pema. Of course. Try and clean up. Uh, of course. So you're doing that uh, while you're kind of wiping them down. Joseph, you're the only one who's not really busy at this moment. You're looking at this arm. It's smooth, relatively featureless. It sort of looks like China. Uh, it's in. It's got this sort of repeating pattern of arms. Now that you're looking more closely at it, they can be seen in this, what you think is ceramics. I think we found what we're looking for. Um, do we have some sort of satchel or sack that we would like to put this in? You, you found uh, it? Well, it could be a piece of the simulacrum. If a simulacrum is a person, perhaps this arm is the piece. I mean, I will gladly volunteer my coat to bind this. And... Okay. Gregory, do you, you like, you're going to wrap your coat around it? Uh, or are you just yes. giving your coat to Joseph? <laughs> that was more my intention. Okay. Like, here you go. Here's the belts. Okay. Wrap it up good. So you so you do that then, Joseph? You yeah. wrap. Okay. So you pick it up. As you do. <laughs> you notice, well, first, that as you take it away, the room gets a little bit darker as the glow stops. You can see it just sort of fades quite quickly. The arm start, stops the glow. The roses are now just normal roses, colorful and vibrant, but no longer glowing as it seems to have been using, kind of imbued somehow. And then the other thing that all of you notice is almost immediately after Joseph wrapped it up in Gregory's coat and picked it up, moved it from that place where it was, you all see the mist that had formed in the room begin to swirl about almost violently getting to the point where it actually blinds you all for a moment where you can't see each other and then flows out the hall and disappears down the hallway towards the exterior where you went down the stairs. Well, uh, that was creepy. That might be concerning if we just released something that had been uh, buried down here for a very long time and we just released it back up there where there's a home with a family in it. I would like to take it the opposite direction. Like this arm bound the curse to this area and with the removal of it, the evil miasma or whatever that was flew away, never to harass the DeLorean family again. Oh, well, that is a much more hopeful hypothesis. We could I'm go up and do a cursory check and then come back down here and explore the rest if we need to. We do have... Do we want to go back up and check or do we want to look at the other two? I would vote in favor of finishing our job down here before leaving. Hey. I just shared with you all uh, an image of the arm that Joseph has uh, picked up. I'll drop this in the Discord later. Um, but as you pick this up, this is what you have taken into your pack. I'll say you have a pack. That's fine. You can, we can say you have a rucksack or something wrapped up in Gregory's coat. You slide it inside. 
I mean, I'm no expert, but my gut tells me this is the thing. I mean, I am agreeing with you, but just <laughs> thoroughness, we should at least check everything okay. down here. Uh, uh, Everybody give me a spot hidden and we'll resolve this quickly. So okay. go ahead and give me a spot hidden. We'll say this is essentially for searching the rest of the way. Because you're not. Uh, this is the this mm. is the big prize, which is success. Jesus Christ, Chuck, you're crazy. I'm doing great. No wow. kidding. Okay. Uh, so, Grigori, uh, Pema, did you pass? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, was it a regular pass? Was it a hard success? Was it an extreme success? Uh, 51 under 60, so regular. Okay. So, we'll start with Grigori. Um, Grigori, you, uh, as you're going through the next rooms, it's much the same that you've seen before. Torture devices, some cells, evidence of, of people kind of observing it, watching it, and all, all sorts of different manners. Um, but I'll say in one room, Grigori, you actually stumble across uh, where you where it looks like part of the wall was sort of pushed out and in, like this hidden alcove with a shelf kind of kicked a series of parchments and books onto the floor, one of which seems to be uh, in relatively good shape. Uh, when you pick it up, you have no real clue what it's about. It's going to take some time, obviously, to read it, but I'll say just for the sake of it, you can put, if you would like, you have a tome. Very well. The language as you look at it seems to be Latin. So I don't know if anyone speaks Latin specifically, but that's what this language appears to be. Um, and then for Pema, uh, as you're looking through, uh, you find in one of the rooms, um, kind of in the hand of a one of the victims of uh, kind of a, I can't remember what it's called, but I think it's an Iron Maiden in a way. It's sort of sort of similar as you kind of open up this device and you can see inside uh, someone, like there was like some kind of sacrificial knife was like jammed up and under the rib cage of this skeleton that as you open the door, it kind of collapses on top of you. And due to the, like, the semi-entombment within this, this, uh, this device, you can see this very curved blades grime, but it's it's a, it's a very beautiful looking uh, looking artifact of some kind, uh, and that's what will stumble down to you. So mark those two down. I feel like Pema would go back to Gregory and and kind of say like, "I have something that I think you might be interested in," and I have something I think you might be interested in. Do you want to trade these? Yes, this would be fascinating. Very well. I'll take the cool wiggly knife and you take this giant book that I think you will find quite interesting, hopefully. Oh, this okay. this lifts my spirits a bit from uh, the day that we've had so far. Very well. Right. And so with that, you've you've cleared the place. You don't see anything else. There's no other hidden rooms that you spotted. Gregory, you feel very confident in that. There's no other hidden areas or hidden rooms or pathways or six fingers or anything like that. Do you, uh, I presume at this point, retreat up uh, and kind of debrief as much as you want to debrief uh, the Lorians? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess we should have some kind of thing to tell them whether it's fully the truth. They don't get to know about the arm or the knife or the book, but... Um, 
I mean, I don't know, ancient Spanish Inquisition torture chamber. Uh, rosary, perhaps. Okay. Oh, the broken rosary. Yes. Okay. So and some we chairs. Don't, we don't have to play it all out, but we'll say you debrief them. Uh, do you tell them about the bodies and things like that? I, I would say you all are, are smart enough to realize that finding human remains uh, is something that is going to need to be reported. <laughs> so it's not like you, it's, it's the 20th century. It's 1923. Finding human remains is likely something you're going to have to report to officials. Uh, so do you tell him this or do you let him go discover it for himself? It, I, I think we, we would want to make sure that, um, you know, now that we've unearthed this, it's possible that like the kid could go wandering down there. So we want to make exactly. sure that they know like there's, and okay. honestly, there's really no reason for him to go do it. Let other people that are trained to deal with such things that have had experience and some amount of resolve built up to deal with it, go mm -hmm. in and search. Okay. So we'll say we don't, I don't want to, we don't have to role play it all out, but we'll say this conversation lasts a little bit of time. You probably stay maybe for another night of, because it's nighttime by the time you emerge, you probably stay for dinner. Once Keechree go to bed, you have a very frank discussion. Uh, once, once food has been, been eaten and cleaned up, they offer you rooms to clean up the I-Core that is just staining your skin here and there. Uh, and you, uh, you kind of tell them everything he volunteers. He, he, like they're, they're a little bit taken aback and they're definitely concerned, uh, and upset about what you found like these devices. Uh, but at the same time, Christian is a doctor. Uh, so he has, he has performed surgeries. He has seen skeletons. He has worked in, you know, on cadavers. So it's probably nothing that's going to really alarm him too much, uh, but he will volunteer to take care. Like it's their home. It's this find. Uh, he will take care of contacting various state and religious officials to ensure like this is taken care of. Uh, he does ask if you would, you know, he, he sort of wanders out loud. Like, should he reply to uh, Mr. Wellington kind of informing him of, of your found? Did you tell him about the arm? Did you tell him that you discovered the arm? I would vote no. Okay. So he, he will probably just like outside, like, I, I suppose I shall uh, contact Mr. Wellington and say that it uh, unfortunately was a very empty and fruitless search and just a uh, very alarming, uh, alarming discovery, but uh, nothing of value, unfortunately. I would also ask a favor. Um, yeah, if you tell Mr. Wellington of, of this, uh, please do not share our names with him, or if you do, uh, share names, share false names. Uh, sometimes in the research of ancient artifacts and treasure hunting, as it may be, some people can take this rather aggressively and seriously. And for our own personal safety, I would hope you could give us that confidence. Are you kind of BSing him or do you, is Gregory really telling the truth and being earnest here? I'm being earnest here. Yes. Okay. If that's the case, no role. And he's like, um, uh, certainly. Of course. Of course. I will leave your names out of it. Yes. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Killian is going to, uh, like kind of test the waters and, and like kind of, I don't know exactly how to role play this out, so I'm going to third person it. And, we don't have the role uh, play, it, yeah. Yeah. Just basically see if he would be willing to like listen to like, well, maybe these things that are happening were were the dead. Um, you know, they weren't brought to justice, and now that you're you're reporting it, perhaps things will get better here at home. 
He um, is, I'll say this, he'll be extraordinarily skeptical to that. He is a man of mm. science and medicine. That sounds ridiculous to him. However, I'll say one thing you do notice, Killian, now that you bring that up, you actually notice that that Keetri's arm before she goes off to bed is no longer beginning to blister and has started to fade. You notice at, at dinner, picking up teacups using silverware, Veronique's hand is like her, her, her left hand is, is much more dexterous. You can see like she's holding, she's not struggling as much or, or, and, and she seems to, to have some more movement to her fingers. Uh, so, so there, there might be something to that Killian, but he does not seem to, he's not going to really entertain those thoughts. He's, he's polite to you, but mm-hmm. as, 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 as a skeptical man of a man of science, he's, he's not one to, to think of that. Um, yeah, and when he when he declines that, um, he kind of lowers his voice and makes suggestion that perhaps um, people that aren't purely of science would it would help them to think such things. As he glances over towards the um, little girl and his wife, uh, and he'll he'll thank you for your courtesy for your concern, uh, but he will you know. Agree yeah. to disagree. Yeah. Very politely, very respectfully. We'll say that the dinner ends. He once more drives you home. No more issues with her screaming about the boogeyman. Uh, and just as a, as a, as a means to sort of wrap this up a little bit, um, we'll say that would you all journey back to Paris at this point now that you have what you've come for? Yes. Is that fair? Okay. So we'll say, Screw that lady getting a letter to her husband. <laughs> Forget that guy. You can you can ask Christian to do it. Christian is the doctor. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. So we if can you want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good idea. Yes, please. Yeah. So you can certainly ask him to do that. And he would be more than happy to make that delivery for you. So that's not an issue. So we'll say then for the sake of we'll sake of wrapping up, you you get on the, the train the next day. Maybe you spend one more night in the hotel. You pick up the train early in the morning. You're back to Paris by midday. You head to back to your, your hotel. You said you kept your rooms and you've been gone for a couple of days, but you head back to the, the Balmoral Hotel. And as you're moving through the lobby, you're kind of flagged down uh, by uh, by one of the, the workers here, kind of pulls you aside. Uh, all, all of you, but they seem to be specifically interested in speaking with Joseph and Pema. Uh, and I'll say that uh, Joseph, um, well, I'll say first to Pema, like you can see one of them, Miss um, Miss Namdek. Uh, he he reaches kind of one, one moment, please. He kind of reaches below, like looking like he's looking for something beneath, like his counter. And then he kind of one moment goes back into a rear room and returns with what looks like this package, and it's kind of hideous. He's almost like kind of holding it out as if it's 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 uh, it's not a very. It doesn't look like it doesn't look very pretty as he hands it over to you. It doesn't smell or anything, but you can tell it's wrapped up in what looks like discarded or recycled paper of some kind. You can see it's stained and soiled in some way. Um, to Joseph, you, uh, you can see the, the one of the, the managers of the hotel kind of pulls you aside. Very professional-looking man, very neat, neatly groomed mustache. And he explains, Mr. Tukbeda, I am so very sorry. I apologize. Your, uh, your stay would be uh, completely compensated, of course. Uh, but I regret to inform you that uh, in your absence, there was a break-in uh, in your room. Uh, we uh, we found three, um, and you see his, his face just sort of turns, which was professional a moment ago, like snarls, like we found three 
hideous waifs, uh, grimy little things of the street, uh, moving uh, moving about your room, uh, sifting through your things. And we are so, so, so very sorry. I, I will gladly uh, personally go with you. Uh, we can take inventory of what uh, of your possessions uh, to ensure that uh, nothing was taken. Uh, unfortunately, they were greasy and quick, and they were not able to be fetched. Uh, they got away, uh, and he looks very embarrassed at that. Think nothing of it. There's only so much you can do with a place of this magnitude, this glorious estate. Yes, I'm grateful that you would even take the time to speak with me and come up with me up there. I understand. There is no harm done. There is no ill will, I assure you. Of, of course, and let me say your French is, is quite good, uh, quite good. Uh, I've heard reports uh, that it was not, but you have you sound like uh, Parisian. Uh, and you're uh, a wonderful liar. I thank you for that. Of course not, of course. I, mean, I would not lie to you, of course, uh, but let's just go in inventory. So the two of you start kind of moving up. And then uh, finally, we'll turn to Killian Gregory as you're waiting around, as no one like, specifically calls your attention, but you you do as you're sitting there. Uh, notice that there is a man uh, sitting in the in the lobby. He's got a, a newspaper uh, unfurled. Uh, you can see that um, there is a newspaper article on the back that kind of catches your attention, uh, both of you. Uh, and I will share it with you uh, in order to be relatively fast. I'll go ahead and read it. But it says... Headline, Abandoned Police Wagon Near uh, Basically a French Cemetery. Subtitle, Dead Officers Unsettle a City. And use Paris, January 1920. It gives you the the, the date. A chilling and perplexing incident unfolded near the Cemetery du Père Lachet, uh, leaving the city in a state of unease. Uh, An abandoned police wagon was discovered in the vicinity. The wagon had been transporting three assault suspects who were taken into custody uh, at the St. Uh, Juan flea market following an altercation and the destruction of several merchant stalls. The scene took a grim turn when authorities found the lifeless bodies of the wagon's driver and a second guard nearby, their foreheads marked with a disturbing and meticulously carved occult symbol. The identities of the presumed killers and the motive behind the symbol remains a haunting mystery. Investigators are both grieving for the loss of their colleagues and puzzled by the accounts of the incident. Adding to the intrigue, two other individuals managed to escape from the wagon earlier that day and are currently at large. Authorities are urging citizens to exercise caution and promptly report any suspicious activities that may aid in their capture. As investigators tirelessly work to unravel the enigma surrounding this unsettling event, numerous questions linger. Who orchestrated this macabre act and what dark intentions lie beneath it? The residents of Paris anxiously anxiously await answers. And perhaps we will get those answers next time, as that's where we're going to call it for tonight. Yay. (laughs) We did it. Yay. Yay. Okay. We did good things this episode. Sorry, that went a little long. did. We're good people. No, you guys are great. You guys are awesome. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I'm very excited. You got uh, you got a piece 
got your first piece. Someone mentioned the hand mm-hmm. of Magda. Yeah, 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 yeah. You uh, got it. You have the arm of the set of car simulacrum. Uh, that's pretty fantastic. All right. Uh, we will next time. Uh, we will we we won't do much in Paris. We're basically done with Paris, uh, but we will finally, at long last, board the Orient Express. Uh, so that will happen next time. So I'm very excited for that, uh, and that's where we'll go with that. All right. Uh, nice. Why why don't we go ahead and do some some closing plugs and we'll get out of here? Thank you for hanging out a little bit longer, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, I wanted to yeah. finish that little yeah. crawl. Yeah, no, I, I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so Jeremy, can you tell us about this Patreon of yours? Yeah, and read some Patreon comics, maps, tokens, other fun stuff. Check it out. Perfect. And Chuck, what's DOK doing this week? Uh, let's see. Wednesday, we've got Alien, All Fear the Ishtar, Chapter 4, Episode 2. Jeff and Jeremy are in that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then Friday, we'll be back doing some more Umerica. Uh, yeah, so f- check that out as well. Indeed. Uh, Adam, uh, what do you got? Grim and Perilous. Yep. Uh, Grim and That's where you can find us. If you, uh, uh want to get your hands on some of the Zweihander books that are out there and support the studio at the same time, you can do that. Uh, also, if you're interested in what we're coming out with for radiator, uh, I just released how radiation works on our Patreon, which you can find uh, a link to on our website. And, uh, uh, you know, you can see uh, some of our exclusive playthroughs of uh, Radiator and how it works and um, get a catch of what's to come from us. Perfect. Uh, and then as for us here, uh, we've got tomorrow night, Forbidden Lands. We're back to that. Steven's going to run us uh, through some more crazy adventure. Uh, night, uh, a week of darkness is looming. Everyone hates everybody. Well, everyone in the party hates every single person who lives in that land because they never want to help us and they're always yelling at us. Uh, so, uh, so it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm not sure who's going who's gonna to flip first, either uh, me as Gunk or uh, or, or Aaron as, uh, as Bacho, uh, as our patience with these freaking humans, <laughs> we've had it and we're just going to rip them apart pretty soon. Uh, you don't like pink skins. No, no, uh, no, we don't like <laughs> furs. Fur we don't like people. the furs. Furless. Yeah. Furless. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, Friday we are back to Conan as we are continuing our Katai adventures. We're heading to the swamps of death. So that's, you know, fun. Uh, so come, come check that out. Uh, Saturday, we'll return to One Ring, second edition, uh, as we we're going to start a journey phase and we're going to head to a new adventuring location. So very excited. Uh, next Monday, we return to Holler as well. I'm jumping back into the shift boss seat. Thank you so much, uh, Tracy Sizemore, for running again. I saw that you were in chat for a bit tonight. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, but I will turn to that seat. And in two weeks, we'll be back with more Horror on the Orient Express. And uh, we will finally leave Paris and begin our adventure on the Orient Express itself. Maybe. I don't know. I probably got to stop promising that kind of stuff because I thought we'd be done with, with Paris tonight. And we still have a few odds and ends to sort of tie up here and there. Uh, but, uh, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and raid somebody. Uh, I'm going to keep talking really fast cause I didn't have it ready. Uh, so let's go oh, ahead yes. and raid. Let's raid happy jacks. Let's do happy jacks again. So I'm going to raid happy jacks, follow the raid, follow us, follow DOK, follow Grim and Perilous, uh, follow Aaron Reese on Patreon. 
And uh, we'll see you all later. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.